Calling all geeks, men, women, and children alike. Coming to you fresh off the press from Wii Remote Co-working Space Philippines, it's Geek PD. In this episode, we take a look at Transformers Animated and why it may or may not be the best animated adaptation series. Also, a deep dive into aliens presented in cinema and what their portrayals represent. Followed by a quick trailer breakdown of Disney Plus's upcoming series, The Mandalorian. All that and more to infinity and beyond, this is Geek PD. Welcome to the precinct. Mic check, one, two. Hello. We ready? We good? Uh, Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. All right. Roll the intro. Welcome to Geek PD. The show where we investigate anything movies, comic books, TV shows, tech, video games to infinity and beyond. And I'm Ian. And of course, <laughs> I am Dre. My name is Migs. And welcome to the precinct. Woo! All right, let's get this ball rolling. Ian, why don't you go ahead and reach into that non-existent file drawer? Hey, okay, yeah. The okay, file, yeah. The file just, drawer like, exists. Move my basic white... White chocolate mocha crap. That's not the sound of coffee. That's okay. the sound of a case file. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we, <laughs> are we, are we letting them know that? No, I was just, we, we I have was coffee just with us right now. So okay, fair warning. If if throughout the show you hear that, that means we're just trying to take a sip of our yeah. coffee. You know what? How about you guys count how many times you can hear shaking from ice, and then we'll give you a prize if you can. Actually, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have the budget for a prize. Yes, we do. You get the remains of our drink. <laughs> All right, Ian, why don't you open up our case file for today? Okay, so for our case file for today, I will ask the two of you boys, how do you think the mutants will be implemented into the phase four of the MCU? This topic in particular makes me excited because the MCU is entering a new phase and what a time to be alive and what a time to be a new fan. Or an old fan if you appreciate the old comics from the 1960s. Cause <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't laugh. They can they can count it. <laughs> yeah, because X-Men hasn't exactly been incorporated into the MCU yet. One of the biggest franchises of Marvel has not been adapted on screen mm-hmm. in you know the same universe as the Avengers. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, I guess it's become part of my shtick and character on this show to be the guy to just do a little disclaimer and just yeah, we gotta explain it to the audience but I feel like if you're if you're listening to, the, to Geek PD mm-hmm. I don't think we'd have to explain to you what the MCU is mm-hmm. or the idea of the cinematic universe it's just a shared universe by super with superheroes in general like yeah cause for those who don't know the X-Men movies that you've already seen were under Fox yeah yeah, so I mean, they're not really in the same universe. I mean, as I, I, let's, Tony Stark let's give some dignity to our audience. They know that you know Hugh Jackman doesn't exist in the same universe where you know Chris Evans is Captain America. Actually, <laughs> wait, wait, I'm hold, pushing for Keanu Reeves hold, Wolverine though. Hold on, hold on, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I love that. It's, that is my catchphrase. Okay. Besides, Shamo. Um, um, okay, so obviously Deadpool is owned by Fox yes. or was owned by Fox. Yes. And now Disney has purchased all of Fox's Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that true? Well, I, I think it's the entirety of the production studio itself. Oh yeah, then, then yeah. There so we go. a lot of a lot of stuff. And in the Deadpool movie, granted, it it, it it's the whole shtick is it breaks the fourth wall. There was a scene in the start of was it Deadpool two mm-hmm. where he, he had he had the toy the action figure the action figure of Hugh Jackman Wolverine. <laughs> 
Okay, impaled. So, yeah. That was the time I haven't seen Logan yet. And I know it was like, what, maybe a half year of it being out already. Yeah. But seeing the first shot, like, it was the opening sequence Spoilers. of Deadpool 2, right? I was just like, <laughs> what? Wait, he dies? So, I mean, okay, in, in that context, would you say that de facto, I'm, I'm not even sure, you know, I just wanted to say de facto because it was cool. Okay. I don't even know if it applies. <laughs> But okay. I'm, I'm That's something commit. to put in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to commit to it. Wouldn't you say that that inevitably means, without even them having to explicitly say it, that Hugh Jackman Wolverine is now Marvel or uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU canon? No. Because officially, they own Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So by extension, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman being in that Deadpool film, or rather his Wolverine being there... Mm-hmm immediately implies that he is already in that shared universe. No, because you have to consider that... It's the character of Wolverine, not necessarily the actor. And even Deadpool, even if he is an asset of Marvel Studios, Mm -hmm. you have to consider that even Deadpool plays around with the whole not being in one universe because they showed James McAvoy and his team in Deadpool. That's true. Yeah. But... There was that line where Deadpool goes, which Professor X, uh, Stewart or McAvoy? Oh, well, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Guess that it, was when he was being dragged, right? Yeah. yeah. On the highway. So I yeah. guess the dead, using Deadpool as, as an example is a little bit of a complicated thing. To, yeah, yeah, somewhat. And you have to consider the time travel in that universe. There's Days of Future Past, and there is also Cable coming from oh, a different God. timeline. Time so, travel. So like time travels and already the... The what's the word for it? Like the inconsistencies in their timelines. Yeah. they've been playing around with that because Deadpool is that character that has the right or the ability to play with different universes. You know, you know what? Now that you mention that, I think we definitely need to tackle time travel in in pop culture and geekiness movies. Yeah, because stuff. it's such a vague concept. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> no, it depends on the house rules to establish the. I mean, if it's time travel for film or pop culture, you have to establish what what kind of time travel it is. Yeah, which, I mean, I I do appreciate that Infinity War, or was it Endgame? It was an Endgame. Endgame. Where they explained, or rather they tried to explain their version of time travel. Yeah, their interpretation is more Steinsgate rather than Back to the Future. He literally said it word per word, where that past becomes your future and your current current past Past. becomes your present. Present. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, it's a little confusing, but... Actually, no. I mean, when you experience it, it's pretty simple. It's just that when you hear it explained through words is where it gets confusing. That's true. So they're going to have to find a way, like a a halfway point, because X-Men in itself already has so many timeline, time travel problems. Well, I think what's great about, I mean, it's not great for the the public or the viewers, or rather, what would you call them? (laughs) I'm going to start a fight the, the, the filthy casuals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no. I'm, I'm only using that term because it's it's a widely known term that people okay. use to describe people who just casually watch these things. They're not too. <laughs> that's, that's, that wasn't even an ice sound. Uh-huh. That was just Ian sipping from it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. But yeah, continue. Uh, it, it, it's people who maybe don't care enough to to really know about or to, to even look up what's in the you cinematic. You could just say universe. people who have seen the movies. Dre. Oh, yeah, people who have seen the movies, but aren't or could, who could care less about. Knowing Lord. what's connected to what or what's mm-hmm. connected to what. Yeah. yeah. I totally forgot where I was going with this. What were we <laughs> I got distracted by Ian slurping. Um, hey! What? <laughs> I mean, 
open up, opening up that case file already gives you so many ideas on how exactly creatively they are going to be put. Because we already know that mutants are going to be in yeah. the MCU. Oh, but like I remember later. what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But the great thing about uh, that and what makes it bad for filthy casuals, mm-hmm. I'm going to get in so much trouble for mm-hmm. that, is that now that they own it and since the, the past movies aren't really part of the MCU, mm-hmm. they can just totally ditch it and pretend like it never happened. Obviously, for people who have already seen those movies, or maybe they're not even filthy casuals per se, then mm-hmm. they really enjoyed... I mean, X2 was a pretty good film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. X2 was uh, was arguably the best X-Men film we've got so arguably, far. Arguably. Well, this is on arguably. What is, what is that? Uh, well, the, the one where they were in uh, the yellow jumpsuits. Which one was that? First Class. Was it First Class? Which was you mean in the blue and yellow? Which was the good one? Was it First Class? First or Class is the good one. There we go. The Days of Future Past was like... A, it was like, okay... Yeah, it was, it was good. It I was mean, a good it was, way it was, of fixing yeah. everything. Would you yeah. say X two is still better than Days of Future Past? I, considering when it came out, no X two, X two. You still. have to appreciate it in the time that it was made. Yeah, in. like in retrospect. Yeah. So I mean, in in that regard, because uh, I Migs was was explaining how the the whole time travel thing makes things complicated, mm-hmm. but they could just ditch it. And for people who are casuals, it might confuse them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I would like to think that they're used to the idea of it just with Spider-Man alone. Yeah. The the, the fact that uh, how long ago was Andrew Garfield's, or rather how recent was Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man? 2012. 2012. And it's the... F- well, I mean, like, it started in 2012. Yeah, and Far From Home was 2017? 2016. 16, yeah. So I think. not to... Uh, granted, five years is, is still a pretty long. But, it you know, people were still fresh with Andrew Garfield. He just had after two. Tasm two, which was 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, Tasm. <laughs> and, Tasm. Yeah, and and he had two Spider-Man films, mm-hmm. and then yeah. without any explanation, they just switch on over to Tom Holland, and now he's in the MCU. But that's what's great about the internet is that people can now on their Facebook. I think that's why it's a little bit easier for people not to be filthy casuals anymore. Yeah, because on their on your Facebook feed you'll start seeing a lot of these things shared by people about the MCU mm-hmm. and the whole deal with Sony and Spider-Man. Also goes without saying, like they have the benefit of already knowing that these characters exist. We already know about these superheroes. It's easy to just put a different person in that costume true. and see it as that. I wouldn't say that for, for Wolverine, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. But you have to consider this guy's been playing Wolverine. He, had, he has the award for the longest-running comic book like at a, uh, what he actually adaptation. got that award? No, yeah. no, not anymore. He's not the currently holding title for it anymore. Whoa, who is it? It's it's Robert Downey. I was just watching a video about oh. it on Looper a, a few days ago. Iron oh, con- considering because counting Iron Man one. No, and counting, was it? Does it count? No, no, counting Far From Home. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's a deleted scene of him in it. But technically speaking, even from Endgame, he already broke that record of the most. Uh, superhero appearances the longest actor. running yeah oh. when, no, when like, in, in terms of how many movies he's been in not in, like including his including his non-self-titled ones mm-hmm. yeah because if you think about it he did have much more movies than it's, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine oh, like 20 or so Marvel movies that. among them how many has he been in That's yeah true. and tr- try to think of how many Hugh Jackman Wolverine he was in Incredible Hulk but yeah, I mean, remember right. the post yeah, credits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he has so many appearances. That post credit scene where with the general, where yeah. Thunderbolt Ross was drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, and, and Reload. I mean, <laughs> if we try to think about Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, as much as I want to forget it, mm-hmm. I still remember that mm-hmm. that Wolverine movie. Yeah, with well, with that Deadpool. 
Yeah. Well, which, we'll which, get is, into which is this, dead now, though. We'll mm. get into this later on. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to hit the nail right on the head just yet. <laughs> don't worry. I, you, <laughs> yeah. you guys still have my theory. Yeah, and I mean, mm. if you really play back what we've been talking about, we barely even touched. On, we That's just true. digressed and talked about other things. But <laughs> okay. But no, we'll, I will be del- I will be delving into the Eternals in order to explain my theory about the MCU and their mutants. Ooh, so it's connect um, your your theory is connected. Well, actually browsing through it because I wanted to, you know, fully envelop myself more into the source mm-hmm. material. The theory that I like the most is from this YouTube channel called New Rockstars and of I course. think it's all their content. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I shall help you break down the theory so that it's easier to digest mm-hmm. and and understand. I'll get into it later. Like slipping into a hot bath. Just easing. Why, it. indeed. What is that from? Indubitably. It's from, <laughs> it's from Hannibal. Which one? Uh, Red Dragon. No, not Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah, it is Red. Red, Red is it? Red Dragon, yeah. What scene it's like is that? Slipping into, where, where Hannibal Lecter stabs <laughs> him, and then he's like, it's like slipping into a warm bath. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Anthony okay, Hopkins. okay. Where basically X-Men, when it started out in the 1960s, it was a rep- it was ca- sort of like an interpretation, like an exaggerated interpretation of racial issues at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's normal. I mean, human beings have a normal in-group, out-group way of thinking. It's us versus them. And yeah. that is a common theme that is going on in X-Men. But speaking of, it also... Uh, it also kind <laughs> <laughs> What? The Iceman. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Iceman. Oh. Uh, what the so way? We're <laughs> <laughs> sorry if we're peeking on, on your guys' yeah, earphones. Sorry but about that. We get a little excited when we, we, when we make a funny. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, as I was saying, it is us versus them, which is, you know, the whole together we stand, divided we fall mm-hmm. aspect of the X-Men that has been common throughout all the movies. Yeah. But it also... At, it also applies when it comes to how we portray aliens in cinema. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had to appreciate the, the yeah. transition. Yeah, but anyway, so I'd like to tackle my first alien. <laughs> oh, so we're, we're tackling al- aliens in cinema or in pop culture generally? In cinema. Well, and pop te- culture. well technically it's one and the same nowadays. Yeah, yeah. okay. The, the, the cool thing about these things is that we can divide each genre into how the alien itself like sort of creates that genre for that film. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So for example, the Xenomorph from the Alien series. Xenosimorph. Xenomorph. <laughs> 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 okay, anyway. Bang. So there are three alien films that I want to discuss because of the fourth one, let's just forget a- that a- happened. Alien one, two, and the three. A- aliens. A- <gasps> okay, can I guess? Mm-hmm. Alien Aliens, mm-hmm. aliens, and Alien versus Predator Two. No, what Alien versus Predator? I've never heard of that movie. Two, two, the one Requiem. with the with the Predalien. Yeah, it's mm. called Alien versus Predator Requiem. That's what I meant. Requiem is Requiem Two. That's what it means, Migs. No, I'm talking about Alien One, Alien, Aliens, and Alien Three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So basically, Alien One. If you guys remember that movie, it's it's supposed to represent the horrors of isolation in space. Yeah, mm-hmm. henceforth why there's a game called Alien I mean, Isolation. I mean, it's already terrifying the idea of being tethered to a satellite and floating in space. But what if you're in an actual spaceship with a crew and then you are thousands and thousands and thousands of light years away from humanity, from, civilization? How, how many light years? Thousands and thousands and thousands to infinity and beyond. Ah. <laughs> 
And I'm Ian. <laughs> we got Val here just shaking his head with yeah. our jokes. Now, Alien takes its cues from Jaws, where it builds up very, very slowly, slowly yeah. to the, the reveal of the alien. And dun, when we finally dun, see dun, the dun. alien in its entirety, it is terrifying. Actually, do you know that in that movie, they fully show the, the actual xenomorph mm-hmm. before the full reveal? What do you mean? Do you know that scene where uh, one of the first times a crew member gets killed oh, in, in the in, with the hanging chains? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The alien was actually amongst the hanging chains. No way. Yeah, it's the full xenomorph, just kind of crouched there by the hanging chains. That's terrifying. But it was in. It, it was purposefully shot in the shadows, uh-huh. so you'd mistake it for just some kind of uh, maybe scaffolding or yeah, a part yeah. of the yeah. chains. But if you play it back, mm-hmm. you pause it, and you look, it's actually the xenomorph. And the fun, what, what, what I find interesting about that is before they even officially reveal the xenomorph, mm-hmm. you don't even know you've already seen it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is I even... I mean, it's already ingrained in your subconscious. Yeah, which makes it even scarier, yeah. I, I, would, I would think. Yeah, definitely. But you have to remember that Alien 1 is a slasher film. It that's is, why there's only one it alien. It is. It is actually, and a lot of people. It's, really it's a horror film in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, and a lot of people don't really know. Like, what, for people who aren't really big fans or movie buffs or people who haven't mm-hmm. really seen Aliens, they don't really know where to put that kind of mm-hmm. film and are surprised when you when you say that it's a slasher flick. Yeah. But if you really think about how it goes, mm-hmm. how the how the whole movie plays out, it's mm-hmm. a horror film that has elements of you know aliens in yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically if Michael Myers was an alien. Yeah, I mean, with with acid, with acid spit, spit and, and you know, blood, that that, and that weird tongue thing with the yeah, mouth. Yeah, but it so bas- I, it bas- goes around killing people one by one. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I guess you're right. The genre changes even for the franchise itself over time. Oh yeah, definitely. Because yeah. like I mean, even even Prometheus, it didn't even feel like a. Oh, I actually I haven't seen any of the new Alien stuff. Well, well the, that's tech. It's relatively the pretty old already. Well, the new being not Alien, Aliens, yeah. pred- Alien vs Predator, Requiem. Mm-hmm. Oh well, okay. I'm yeah. not going to count those yeah. movies again. Yeah. They do not exist. They had that. They had that weird to... middle mid 2000s look where it was so high contrast. Wait, and is this Alien vs Predator Requiem or, Requiem, the, new, Requiem. or the new ones? No, oh. like the the older the older ones that make yeah <laughs> that makes things is you know taboo. No, they, they're what pretty. They're pretty. They just bad. don't exist. Period. <laughs> no, but that's true though. The the main genre that is actually consistent with all the Alien movies is body horror. Because Geiger, Wait, when he when he can you explain what body horror is? Because I actually I don't know the official definition of. There's what it a heavy is. use of prosthetics, and it's basically the sense of terror that you get when you see this happening to a human body. Because it's it's one of those things where that's not supposed to happen to yeah, a human exactly. body. Yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. Like gotcha. these things bursting out of your chest is the, that that's not supposed to be humanly possible. Like Uzumaki. Uh, I don't know that reference. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a better um, like the thing. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. No, but That's the thing is, horror. like the original, the thing, the original mm-hmm. thing. That's body horror. Yeah, Straight but up no, body but horror. it's Even the pacing is like the first Alien, where it's it does kind of pick up slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you can already tell from the soundtrack, like dum dum. Yeah, dum dum. That there is a looming sense of dread that yeah. is about to inevitably happen. Uh, happen. Yeah. But anyway, the genre changes in Aliens, though. Because although Alien 1 was, rep- the alien represented the horrors of being isolated in space, Aliens was actually a commentary on the Vietnam War. Yeah, that's when we see a lot more of the space, mar- uh, space marines. Space marines. Okay. Colonial marines, yeah. Yeah, wait, space marines are the ones in Warhammer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oops, sorry. Marines. Colonial <laughs> marines, you mean. Colonial, wait, so wait, who's, who's, colonial marines are the ones in Aliens. 
Aliens. Yeah, aliens. Yes. Okay. Okay. And the the you know there's so many more aliens in this series in in this movie rather. Yeah. There's not just one, and that horrifies me because if they, if they couldn't even if an entire crew couldn't even handle one, what of these guys? But they put the American Colonial Marines, <laughs> of course, against these guys, and it is supposed to be a commentary on the Vietnam War because they are in their territory because these Colonial Marines are going to an alien already alien infested yeah uh, area. And then they are dealing with them in unnatural, you know, spaces where they don't know their footing. They're in canals, they're in tunnels and whatnot. And that's exactly what the Americans did. What's, that's exactly what got the Americans in the Vietnam War because they were going through these tunnels. That they weren't familiar with. Yeah, and they had mines, they had pitfall traps and all of that. They, they made use of the space that they had. Mm-hmm. So it's a foreign enemy and that's what they're tackling. In Alien 3, however, it deals with the evils of prison. Because it takes place on Wait, prison. Can you planet. remind me what Alien Three was? Because I genuinely don't remember yeah, what happened in Alien don't. Three. Basically, at the end of Aliens, Ripley, a little girl, and one of the Marines went into cryostasis, but they didn't know that there was an egg on their ship, oh. and a face hugger got to Ripley. Ripley and dies, right? In Alien Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So but, isn't she cloned? Yeah, that was gonna yeah. ask which is which is the one where you find out she's cloned. That's four, which I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> For all you know, they might soft reboot it again. <laughs> yeah, but basically, Alien Three kicks off with Ripley waking up from cryostasis on a prison planet. She's but, the only girl. Wait, hold on. I thought I thought it's kind of like the first Resident Evil movie. <laughs> wait, so she ha- she hasn't she's not. Oh, I haven't seen it. The first Resident Evil movie. I haven't seen it. The one where she wakes up in a mansion with no memory, like the the first, like the quintessential Resident Evil movie, like I the very. The, I only play the video games. So, what? It, so basically, Fallout Four. No, but then you have a family and oh, your. Fair, fair. No, no, four. Yeah. Yeah, you have. A, well, well, you can't remember. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, never yeah. Mind. Yeah. You just get stuck in ice. Yeah. What's yeah. What I like about Alien Three is that it didn't come from a human. It came from a dog. Wait, that's what? Why, yeah, that's why the alien is quadrupedal. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it moves really quickly. It's, it's really You can scary. clearly tell by this segment who is much more well-versed in, in alien lore. Because aliens, man. Aliens are amazing. Yeah, Migs is an alien. Yeah, but let's, you know, let's set aside the hostile alien, aliens and go to, you know, a more, Ooh, a more actually, welcoming side. Before we do that, I, 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 I just grabbed this idea after we were talking about alien aliens. I almost called aliens too. Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Y'all remember Starship Troopers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you What did you think of that film? Because as a kid, it was incredibly disturbing to see the the kills or the deaths mm-hmm. of of the humans. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was. It's kind of like a classic from my childhood. I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, Firefly wouldn't have existed. I just if, Battle- if it weren't. Yeah. But you said Battleship ba- Battlestar Troopers. Galactica and no no and no and Troopers. Yeah. If they didn't exist, I used to think Starship Troopers was so campy. But then at that, but that was time, the point, though, right? Yeah, that was the point. It, it was satire. Yeah. It yeah. is satire. <laughs> but it turned out to actually be a pretty decent film. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at it, it's genius how they, you know, how they even interpreted the... Interpreted interpreted. The, <laughs> interpreted. <laughs> you are an alien. I am an alien. <laughs> the thought plugins. The thought plugins. <laughs> how they interpreted, like, the whole... Even in the advertisements, like, do your part. And what, and then they show a bunch of kids stomping on these cockroaches. And like, oh, I'm yeah, doing yeah. my part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, uh, I mean... For me, what I also liked about Starship Troopers that I liked more than Alien or Aliens 
mm-hmm. is their interpretations of the different kinds of aliens and their different kinds of purposes. Like oh, them yeah, yeah. As an soldiers, army. Yeah. yeah, and the freakiest one for me mm-hmm. was the one that uh, sucks out your brain. Remember that? Barely. It was like this this giant worm thing. Mm-hmm. And there, this, there's this thing that comes out of its head. Mouth? Is it mouth? No, no, its head. It's it like this, this kind of uh, what would look like a scythe. It okay. comes out. And then it stabs into the human skull uh-huh. and then sucks out your brain. Well, that's, he eats it. Well, that's delicious. Yeah. And that to me was, I mean, as a little kid, that shouldn't be something I should be watching. <laughs> but there was just something about how they did the, I mean, the CGI was pretty good just, for the time. I'm just imagining a baby Dre just like staring at a dude's brain got sucked out. <laughs> that was awesome! <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I love how... Again, the, they they were although it was a satire, and they probably picked it up from aliens and a lot of different alien tropes. It yeah. was a pretty good representation of that genre of, mm. of film with the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that when you were a kid, an alien that you could get with is ET. I mean, ET represents the you know the magic of childhood and whatnot. He is portrayed as the innocent outsider. Yeah, and they did that very well because remember the xenomorphs did not have eyes. Et on the other hand had big bulging baby eyes. That's true. Although is, he still wasn't very cute. Perfect. Yeah, I know, but that's not the point. He's not supposed to look cute. He's supposed to look alien. <laughs> well, you're not <laughs> like wrong. Koke. Yeah, basically. Et was supposed to be, you know, that that guy that you want to protect. Because he is an alien, but he's not the hostile type. He has all the, you know, ET found home. He has this dilemma, and it's a very, very forward narrative of this kid that wants to go home, which anyone can get with. That's true. And it's someone just, it's like a, a lost kid. Like yeah. you, you lose your kid in the mall, he just wants yeah. to find his parents. And it was a very relatable kind of aspect. And arguably, again, not even arguably, I mean, Stranger Things or the concept of L mm-hmm. obviously stems a little bit. From, from ET, from ET, which yeah. I think is pretty brilliant in how they went about it, and they even there with, with the bike scene yeah, that was obviously yeah. taken from that. I, that's that's why Stranger Things had such a really not just the nostalgia from the '80s visually, but also the feeling of being a kid again. Yeah, yeah. and seeing yourself in a weird little alien kid. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to uh, some more hostile aliens: the tripods from. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the tripods from H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, 1897. When you said tripods for some reason, I just I, thought of like gigantic, either the gigantic, like a very gigantic tripod, or you know those <laughs> tiny worm aliens from that one episode of Jimmy Neutron? Yeah. What? What is that? Where they were on that game show and they were fighting other races of aliens. Oh, no, yeah. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, these are the terrifying tripods from War of the Worlds. The one that, you know, the one that died from the common cold? Yeah. Yeah, Basically, those ones. Wait, those was ones. this the one with Tom Cruise in it? Yeah, yeah. Where but I'm also talking about the book by H.G. Wells. Did did they use humans as fuel? Is that mm, they used blood? So basically humans. Yeah, basically. Okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, hence why they got sick and yeah. died because somebody had a, a cold. No, no, just the human condition of being susceptible to a lot of diseases, and since they run in that oh, fuel, so it made them susceptible to the disease. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude, when did that movie come out? Two thousand five. Explains why I don't remember a lot. About it. Besides the fact that Tom Cruise. No, but is then, but then, one of the early uses of radio was to broadcast the radio drama of War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. It was a fair. It was one of the very first few times oh. it was used. Radio was used as a commercial yeah. thing. It, it came to a point where people thought it was a real broadcast, and people were freaking out. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that, that's that, that's a fair assumption, to be honest. I mean, yeah. t- taking cues from our intro where we have that classic 1950s, you know, feel of the radio. Yeah. I mean, the radio was a medium for broadcasting updates to the public about war. And yeah. it's perfect for War of the Worlds because War of the Worlds was actually about the influence on Brit- of British people on indigenous Tasmanians. You know, the colonization of everything. Like the devil? Everything is alluded. No, 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 the, no, no, no. no, the Tasmanian devil? Oh, no. That's Steve Carell from Bruce Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> I like a do da cha cha. What I find really interesting about a lot of these earlier alien films is they, they really did, There there is really a lot of hidden meaning behind it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, everything is an allusion to something. Yeah. To like Truth. some sort of um, societal issue. Yeah. And it's so easy to play around it with when it comes to aliens because they're from not from this earth and we definitely know that they're out there, but we still don't know. It's like the biggest head-scratcher of the human race. Are we alone in the universe? Okay, I'm obviously... I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna have to Are we alone in the, in the universe? universe? I'm going to have to ask all both of you this, but I obviously know your answer and obviously know your answer uh-huh. but do you think that aliens exist how when why when where I said when twice mm-hmm. and how come <laughs> I I, I, so. <laughs> I do definitely think they exist what about you Ian yeah I do I mean I know my stance it's more of a blind faith kind of thing mm-hmm. but I like I like believing in, the, in an idea that there is something out there outside of our <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> solar plexus I mean <laughs> our galaxy <laughs> Solar system, sorry. Do you know the most refreshing system? The solar system. Not sponsored by Sola, but Sola, if you want to sponsor us. As I was saying, Robert H. Goddard. (laughs) (laughs) Robert H. Goddard is actually a scientist that was inspired by War of the Worlds. Who He invented the liquid-fueled rocket and multi-stage rocket, which resulted in the Apollo 11 moon landing 71 years later. I mean, that's assuming you believe in the Apollo moon. Oh, and like, are, super are you going to planet, planet of the Apes us right now? I don't know. Okay. Okay. I don't. Mm, I really. <laughs> Grace picking I really, a fight with America. I really want to believe that that they actually, that we, that humans or America landed on the moon. Mm-hmm. But there really isn't any conclusive proof of this thing. You'd think at this point, with all of, of the rockets that we've sent into space, we don't even know if the, f- the footage we get from Mars is actually from Mars. Footage you- from the moon, directed by <laughs> Stanley <laughs> I mean, Kubrick. Again, it's one of those things where we as humans want to believe that we've made it to space. We've made it to the moon, that aliens exist. But when we get some kind of proof of it or, or some kind of validation of it, we tend to be suspicious because it's so out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for me... I don't know, like, I want to see proof of aliens or alien life forms mm-hmm. because, I mean, as we all agree, aliens do exist, yeah. uh, we'd, or we'd like to think, because the universe is proven to be so big. Mm-hmm. And for us, this little one, this one little planet Earth, uh-huh. and for us to be the only living sentient life forms, I guess, uh, not, not counting animals. That's a miracle. Yeah, and, and it, it's highly unlikely. I mean, it's already proven by mathematics that it is impossible for us to be the only living planet. Yeah, but to, to, to see some kind... Because, again, we don't know what's out there. We don't know what kind of life forms. It mm-hmm. could be like a xenomorph. could yeah. be like those things in Starship Troopers. They could all be like E.T. Or some, That's true. Or some higher form of living. It's like if you see a... Also like the end of uh, no, of, of 2001. Basically. Space, yeah. Space Odyssey? No, the, the film... <laughs> Space, oh, <you> see. <laughs> <laughs> the, the film, not the novelization. Because mm-hmm. in the film, 
what's his name again? The astronaut. The astronaut. Yeah, yeah. He he kind <laughs> of assimilates into the same kind of existence as the aliens that he has come into contact with. You mean a fetus? Well, <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. The last scene is of is of him. Is it's him yeah, right yeah. there as a baby going to Earth? Yeah. So I get. Sorry. We'll cut. We'll cut there. Hold on. Hold on. I, we I've ended up baby, guys. <laughs> I've been holding that. Cu- <coughs> okay. We ended up baby. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, we'll pause it. Ended up baby. And speaking of baby, we would just like to thank podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> you just come in from there. You you were gonna say something anyways. What were you gonna say? No, I was just going to move on Was to that the... distracting? No, we're just not used to it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah it, it's totally oh, fine. Do no, that, that's perfectly that's fine. Okay. We're just not used or to it. Or actually, if we... Yeah, or... Yeah. That's not index card. No, I mean, it's the same thing. He's still yeah, making no. something up. No, because I was just like... We're not used to... Like register yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. We're that not We're thing. not used to seeing something else moving yeah. in the room. I'll, I'll get to my last two aliens now. Wait, um, what is the transitioning from the baby? Is it a clean... No, I can say something. Because I said baby. Yeah. So like the baby from two thousand one. Yeah, cut. No, I mean, was it was it was it a clean cut there, or were we laughing? Yeah, it was. A, we, we no, we like we can cut laugh. before it to, before <laughs> in a minute. Well, where was the? Because the thought was complete already. Yeah, but where yeah. where was the pause? Where was the clean pause? Oh, uh, when I said so, like the baby from two thousand one, and yeah. he said yeah, and then there was like a there was a pause. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can. So I can, so I can. You say something from there. Yeah. All right. Let's start again. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, we're yeah. good, we're good. That means 30 minutes, right? Yeah. It's okay. like when you see a ghost, parang mababa oh, yeah. mababa ganun ga. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Last three minutes. So should I should I open up? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Wait, okay. Okay, so I guess at an introspective level, I'd mm-hmm. like to think that why I believe they exist is because we do have these interpretations of these creatures in pop culture. I mean, they're derivative of something from somewhere, and the fact that we can think up these things I would like to believe is probably maybe you know a small reason as to why you think they exist yeah now well, just to play devil's advocate a little bit mm-hmm. that plays into the idea of uh, Did we just the, so yeah somebody somebody once told me this and it's kind of does make a lot of sense and it does enlighten you to a mm-hmm. degree is that there is no such thing as an original idea a yeah. like conception <laughs> yeah no because it, it's one of those things where every idea has to come from other ideas like yeah. some somebody would argue how about a unicorn unicorns are like they don't exist yeah and but it always leads up to cave paintings <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> no but like if you think about it a unicorn is just a narwhal plus yeah. a horse yeah basically so a lot of these ideas have to come from previous yeah. ideas so i mean to play a devil's advocate for ian wouldn't you say that the reasons why we were able to think of these kind of things is because they're based off of existing creatures we have here and not so much a possible idea of what could be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I suppose, yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't reject the fact. I mean, there are a lot of featurettes and behind-the-scenes stuff about movies where they yeah. say they take inspiration from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So I don't doubt that. It's just, I guess, it's just where I say again where the blind faith comes in, and I just, it, it feels more fulfilling to believe that there is rather than not. Yeah. True. It, it's better to believe in something than not believe in something. I mean, uh, this became that, that philosophical is real yeah. quick. <laughs> like, uh, Dre's. Depends on the context, Dre. Dre's existential crises. 
<laughs> that should be a segment. <laughs> no, anyway, one of the most interesting aliens for me is Thanos because Ooh, this guy. You know, Ooh, wait, I gotta wait. Can you put this last so I can? This is seg- kind of this is kind of my last. I was gonna p- talk about the thing, but we have, we pretty much hit the nail. Okay, on the oh, fine. Can, okay, can, okay. Can I just yeah. say that I totally forgot that Thanos was an alien? So, yeah. like, so when you said one of exactly. the aliens I find so interesting is Thanos, I I but looked he's Josh I looked Brolin. At you. Yeah, I looked at you. Uh, like, oh, no, exactly. Talk? That's the point. The thing is, our <laughs> most common interpretation of the aliens, like the most basic, is the little green men. You know, from like Toy close Story? encounters from the third oh. of the third kind, like those big, like lank, those tall, lanky yeah. mm-hmm. kids, and then you know they have that the the black lifeless eyes and whatnot without the pupils and the big heads the shape like an uh, almond yeah but when when you make an alien <laughs> when you when you take an alien and you give him a human purpose and you give him a hu- uh, and you give him human features that's which is why, to bring balance to the galaxy yeah like a r- perfectly balanced in every way you know this guy goes through the hero's journey and that's why it turns him not just from an alien but to a villain that you kind of sort of agree with because Thanos was the protagonist of Infinity War. He goes through the hero's journey. He, yeah. I mean, he is the villain of the story. We know that. But in the movie Infinity War itself, you see him going on that quest. You see his call to action. You see his climax. And it turns him from not just one of those big guys that the superheroes beat up like Stepp- Steppenwolf or, or they, I guess they, you can say they stepped on that wolf. Yeah, you can say that. Step on, <laughs> stepped on wolf. That's yeah. It turns him from not just like one of those big gray guys that, absorb everything that you're the villain that these superheroes are beating up. It turns him into a villain that has a, a point. Perp- yeah, he has a point. Well, you know? <laughs> no. wow, it just you know reduced. Uh, he has a point. Yeah, no, no I'm, I get you though. He does yeah. have. This is going to become a debate about Thanos, but. I, I get, don't want to debate no, about. Thanos I agree. Okay. I, I agree that he did have a point. It's just his means were very extreme. His I, I wouldn't even say extreme. But his yeah. means were just plain wrong. Evil. Yeah. No, I mean, no, but it like, just, it makes it his was, point is that he is a protagonist in Infinity War. Yeah. He's not a good guy. Yeah. But he's a center character, which makes him a protagonist. Yeah, you can be a villain and be a protagonist. Mm, yeah. Well. I, yeah. Protagonist in the context of film or any kind of storytelling. I, yeah. I do. I do agree with that. Pretty and, much. And I do agree in the, in the sense that with the fact that he, besides his very human kind of drive that he had, just his very human proportions. Granted, he's big, mm-hmm. but if he, if he <laughs> no, no, I mean, for, especially the, all the other aliens we've talked about, he is the most proportionally human. He's still purple, Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah, because uh, let's say the the, no, the close th- encounters of the thir- of the third kind, they're still very. Uh, Okay, another good example. Sorry, just to, just to kind of compare to the Close Encounters would be like Golem mm-hmm. uh, or Smeagol, which I mean, the same guy. But it's, <laughs> hey, you could yeah. also say that they are not true. I mean, CGI wise, it was very well done, very re- realistic. Yeah. But it I was mean, hard for us to connect to him fr- to, from a human uh, standpoint or for a human level because there was just something off about his proportions. Yeah. That just wasn't completely right. We yeah. could know what it was. Maybe he was a little too lanky. Like he was very feral. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And he had the he had the mannerisms of a monkey. Yeah, and yeah. and to have like aliens just like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so just they're basically humanoid. Mm-hmm. Like in, in Guardians of the Galaxy One, yeah, when you saw that alien planet where Rocket and Groot or where Star Lord got the was it the Power Stone? It was the Power Stone, right? No, it From was the Reality Stone. Wait, no, it was the Power no, wait, Stone. No, wait, in dude. the first Guardians, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's the Power Stone. Yeah, the Power Stone. That just oh, to see them, they're basically humans, but of different color. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and I, I back different color. I mean, no, but like I purple think and blue. that's a restriction on 
on the filmmaking process because yeah. that's the str- that's the stress that all protagonists should have a humanoid <laughs> like, form. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, rather in 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 that same vein, to have characters like these and aliens presented as these, and to have mm-hmm. one of the main protagonists slash antagonists slash villains, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. look like this and have and on top of that, give him the, like a very human drive. Yeah, I think is why we have this kind of connection to Thanos, be it. Love him or hate him, yeah. you care about him to a degree, and that's why it is so influential. Depending on how you portray your alien to the genre, because, like for example, in the thing mm-hmm. by who who did the thing? Was it John? Uh, Dude, that thing. Yeah, he was John Wait, Carpenter, the original one, right? Yeah, the original yeah. thing. Well, what do you think of the remake, by the way? The twenty. Uh, I didn't like uh, it. The reason why the thing was bin? so nice was because they had practical effects, but yeah. the, the latest one was just CGI and, and, granted, and it looked like shit. <laughs> dude, those those practical effects yeah. were fantastic. Yeah, for the they time. were. That's what body horror is all about. Yeah. It just makes you terrified because it looks so. Real. Oh my god, it looks so real. Because it, it te- makes your skin crawl. Because <laughs> it technically is. Do you get it? Did you get my joke? Yes. You get but I mean, that's what's great about practical effects. It's. Yeah looks so real because it, it basically yeah. is. It is real and tangible. But you mm-hmm. can't just stop there. You can't just stop with really nice effects. The thing, what it represented was not just, you know, the horrors of body contortion and whatnot. Yeah. It was also cabin fever and the Ooh, idea dude, of mistrust. heavy cabin fever. Because they were isolated in that snow place mm-hmm. and they didn't they didn't know who to trust because this alien could assimilate the yeah. form of them. You didn't also, know who was the actual alien. Exactly. Like a vlogger? <laughs> but what I love about the thing is that the... the Although it was sort of a horror movie where they were getting picked off one by one, they were all very smart. They like were. They were so practical. These characters knew what to do in a situation. They weren't those stupid damsels in distress that would trip and then, you know. Oh, yeah. oh no! I'm about to get killed! Now, in that, in, in that idea, or to follow that, to follow that up, mm-hmm. given the ending, of, or how ambiguous the ending mm-hmm. of the thing is, yeah. do you think he is now that thing? Or is he that thing? I think, I think... None of them were the, neither of them were the thing in the end, yeah. Why are they something new entirely? Because, you would say? It, I mean, are the they thi- just you? I don't, I really don't think that the, th- the thing would settle on a stalemate because they were laughing and sharing a drink because they, they knew that one of them was the thing and they couldn't trust each other. But do you think the thing would have just taken, taken advantage of that situation? Well, maybe it did because it kind of cut, cut off from there, didn't it? Well, I still think that I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the respect for those characters that I yeah. have because I, I love those characters so much. Yeah, but I, I really think that neither of them were the thing. I mean, but they were screwed no, anyway. But when it assimilates <laughs> yeah. into a person, doesn't it absorb its memories? Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it could very well have been either. Could, of them. Yeah, yeah, but that's why it's open in, to interpretation. Exactly. I mean, yeah, just like how Deckard. Is he a replicant? No, he or? is. <laughs> Replicants can't procreate, right? <laughs> Uh, hey! <laughs> hey! Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, how about we get a super quick science fact, huh? I think I do. <laughs> well, I was, I was gonna on, say you that, you know. Sure, make, make my segue yeah, into yeah. my topic you even more difficult. I'll, I'll help you out with it. Okay, okay. You okay, know. here we go! <laughs> super quick science facts with this. Ang patata sa 80% water. And that was Super Quick Science Facts with Biggs. Now, wasn't that an amazing Super Quick Science Facts? <laughs> it, it, was, it was great, 
but I had the perfect segue into my topic from where. That's all right. You want me to? You want me to talk about I, the thing a bit more? Uh, you talk about talk, just. And I think that the UFO in itself. Speaking is not of aliens. Wow. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, you know, if you have a hard time trying to fi- picture a protagonist in a humanoid form, I was just going to say, well. I guess there are a lot more examples because, you know, yeah. when you watch Transformers, for example, I mean, yes. they're all Cybertonians, but you think of them as protagonists. Yeah. You know, I, I totally thought you were going to go a different direction. Like, oh, you know, no, you no. can think of protagonists in different forms, like maybe a truck <laughs> or, <laughs> or, a, or a beetle <laughs> <laughs> or a mountain dew machine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget that that happened. In, in Transformers, the movie won. Yeah. I mean, there were there were these three hold on, Decepticons. Hold on. Start that again. I cuffed, but I was enough of a pause. There were these three Decepticons <laughs> in that movie. One of them was an Xbox. Yeah. The other one was a steering wheel. The other one was a one mountain. was a college thesis. Hey. A mountain. Ge- wait, wait, was, was it really <laughs> a college thesis? No, I mean, but then how how it came to life felt like it was a robotics thesis oh, yeah, project. Yeah. 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 Now, I'm, okay. Granted, though, what I did like about the the Mountain Dew machine was that it shot. It shot it, the cans. It violently it shot, shot, shot cans of Mountain Dew. So cool, though. Again, not sponsored by Mountain Dew, but Mountain Dew, if you want to sponsor us, feel free to reach out to me. Slut. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, you take it what you can get. Now, of course, there are these anime, rather the the live action films, Uh which we all know Mix's favorite is Age of Extinction. It wasn't bad. Fight me. But I think that argument is for another day because today... I want, or rather on this show, I want to tackle the non-live action ones. Mm-hmm. More specifically, what I consider to be one of, if not arguably, the best. Granted, there is Transformers Prime, mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, at least in our generation, mm-hmm. it is one of, if not the best, Transformers series or animated series to have ever existed. It's just existed. series. Okay. <laughs> one of the, yeah, it's both combined with, because again, for those people who don't know, but then again, if you listen to Geek PD, we yeah. gotta get used to assuming that everybody just knows what we're talking about. Yeah. But with every new Transformers, whatever, be it movie, animated, or live action, always comes a toy line. Yeah. Of course. I mean, you can't. They did open up. I mean, didn't it start out as a toy line? <laughs> I by Hasbro? actually, I believe it did. It's yeah. like the chicken and the egg. Which came first, the toys or the series? Toys. <laughs> oh, really? Or or it could be like a Scott Pilgrim <laughs> thing. Because you know how what? the graphic novels were being written simultaneously with the movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. In, in, in back to that regard, the, what make, what I, why, the reason why I think it's one of... You know, before I, I say what, what I think, I want to know if you guys agree or disagree. Just flat out, I want to know without any justification. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that fight later. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I want to know how you guys feel about Transformers Animated if you, if you agree with me in the, con- in the idea that it, it may very well be the best animated Transformers series that has existed, at least that we've seen. I agree with you in the regard that it had the best action figures. Okay. I mean, it had the benefit of time where, you know, they could they could really actually make the figures proportionate to their on-screen portrayals, but mm-hmm. I, I still think Beast Wars takes the cake for me. Like, which Beast Wars? Beast Wars, There's not only Beast one Machines. Beast yeah. Beast Wars! It's where they were actual No, but it's, an, it's an entire continuity, right? Aren't there, like, Three series under Beast Wars. No. Oh, so you're Beast so you, Beast you're you're asking which season? Is that what you're asking? Of Beast Wars. There's only Con- one Beast Wars. Yeah, there's no other. Man, kind of- I'm I'm having such a Mandela effect right now. 
Okay, Why? continue, continue, and I will. I will. Okay, actually, we're, I'm throwing it to you now, Ian. What What do you think about Transformers Animated? And no, the I idea? Animated was the one that I watched the most because it was most accessible to Cartoon Network and Toonami. It was also the series that I had the most toys of. Because mm-hmm. at one, you know, when their duo, um, what's the equivalent? What's their equivalent of the deluxe class for toys? Deluxe class. Oh, it was also deluxe. Yeah, dude, the de- deluxe is the toys. No, for the what do you for mean? Animated. What are you talking about? No, because there were bigger versions of that's it, Voyager. Right? Yeah. That's the Voyager. Yeah, exactly. Class. Yeah, but you know how they were for some reason they were more affordable. Like the deluxe classes for animated were more affordable than any of the other lines for me. I don't know if it was just a no. That's that's just the economy. <laughs> yeah. No. But then yeah. that's that's what I could afford at the time. So mm-hmm. that's actually my only reference to it. Dude. Other than the G. G1? I watched no no I actually got into it in G two G two and then I started watching G one. I'm gonna be honest the G two designs and I know that a lot of people like them and uh-huh. then there are a lot of people who who think they're interesting. I just I don't know it's it's not that I'm a purist that I like G one but I just like how the there was the little weird they looked a little weird to me. They look the like designs. they look like Futura kind of. Like if the past was trying to recreate what the future would be like. Yeah, it's like they tried too hard to make them look cooler. It's when they took G1 and they're like, how can we make these characters look cooler? And then they just got all the ideas, jammed them into one, and did that. Granted, I see the repeal. It's just it never fully appealed I to mean, me. Th- there was also the aspect of like making their faces more animated, right? And yeah. Because every Wait, are we still talking about are we talking about animated? Because we were talking about G2. Animated and G2. Okay. Because I mean, every Transformer basically has the same gray face. In G1. Yeah, and G1. Yeah, so fair, they tried to improve on that. Yeah, of course, to give them a little bit more personality. But I'm, I'm going to tell you guys later on because there is one. I have one qualm with the designs of the animated characters or, or even just not even just the robots, but I even mean, some of the. Tell us now. What is it? it the chins. They were. <laughs> they look like cups. No, they were huge. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Sentinel yeah, Prime's face. Is ninety percent chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. He he was the crimson chin, but in robot form, <laughs> <laughs> and he was blue. Here comes the crimson chin robot <laughs> hey, in wait, disguise. <laughs> there yeah. is more than one Beast Wars. What? I just looked it up now. What do you mean? Okay, so there's Beast Wars from the nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety eight, which is the Beast Wars we know. Yeah, and then there are three more. Which and one? I remember this third one. Because it was under Fox Kids now. It was uh, called Beast Machines, Transformers. No, no, yeah, no, that's, that's, no, that's what, what we, we said. No, no. Like, there's only one Beast War. Yeah, no, no, no. no but then there, how, there are four <laughs> installments of it, which I got confused of. That's why I didn't uh, follow it too much. Yeah. No, because what, what we meant was there's only one Beast Wars. Because in Beast Machines, they look different. They were mostly, they had wheels and stuff. No, yeah, yeah, no. But there were two others that were made by TV Tokyo. Yes. And in the same kind of line of thinking, in the same animation style. But there was only one. Did you, which one are you burped? No, no, that, that was the str- that was the straw. I'm sorry. Continue. Okay, you know what? We're gonna have to re- refresh, refreshing, <laughs> refreshing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. I have to clear from that weird straw burping sound. Okay. Yeah, there, there, there is only one Beast Wars. Oh yeah, okay, in that form. okay, okay. Yeah, Miss but Kong, the, in terms of animation How? style. They're, they're yeah, they're like one. different. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, Series. That's, yes, that's true. Now let me get into the reasons why I think Transformers animated. Oh, I've actually totally forgot about the other characters that had huge chins. Optimus <laughs> Prime had a giant chin. The, the the main detective, I actually forgot his name. The uh-huh. the, the guy who was a little balding had had a big mustache. Don't remember. He also had a huge chin. Anyways, y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? I get. Yeah, and 
first off, Megs has already mentioned it. It's the and even Ian, it's it's the toy line. Okay, yeah, moving definitely. back, let's let's step take a step back from the show in and of itself first. Okay, because again, as I've stated and as we all know, the toy line almost coexists simultaneously with the show. Yeah, in that sometimes people would have them when when comparing how good a show is, it's almost synonymous to how good the figures are, and vice versa. If the figures are shit, sometimes people are like, oh. We could have gotten better figures if we had a better show or something along the lines or better designs on the show. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, another step back and go to the, to the main qualm people had. Before we go to the toys, because this will lead right into it. The main qualm people had with the show or Transformers Animated the very first time it aired was the animation style. People thought it was a little too cartoony and it felt too much veered or, or targeted towards children. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, Transformers fans are eighty percent grown men. Yeah, and no, and the G one wasn't too PG. It wasn't, but the target market at the time was still mostly children, which is why it was horrible when they killed yeah. Optimus Prime in the nineteen eighty six Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Well, they yeah. brought him back. Yeah, no, but, but only because p- people got mad. <laughs> Mothers got mad. No, I honestly yeah, no thought. I honestly really think they were gonna bring him back, and they just wanted to flack. No, they. They weren't going to bring him back because they were they wanted Rodimus to be the new leader. Rodimus. But without be- even like the entire series was just running for like three years, and then they were going to change him. Yeah, because maybe they felt like it wasn't you know they wanted to change the pace, and but then people got mad when they killed off Optimus Prime. Don't, so don't fix what I broke. <laughs> and I mean, I admire the attempt at it because Hot Rod to me was a really cool character. Mm. Granted, he was young and foolish when Optimus told him to get out of the way. He wouldn't get out of the way, and that's why Optimus died. Mm-hmm. But he, I saw where he was coming from. His car mode looked really cool, and his robot mode also looked really cool. His and color then, scheme, and his too. Col- yeah, so generally, course. he looked cool, yeah. Yeah. Which, which, is, which is why I, I, I think that's, that, that's, that's an interesting thing about Hot Rod. But that's a total— I, I like the flames. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, it's, a good, it's a good contrast in leadership roles. Because yes. from the get-go, you already have a leader figure like Optimus being you know, a very responsible, yes. very, very high-authoritative— compelling inspirational yes. leader and then i think it was a good contrast and i i believe it was a it was a turn to the right direction i guess the yeah. execution was just you know it varied whether yeah. or not yeah. people like yeah. it because to be shoved like to be a character that is more relatable to the average joe on a like on a more grounded level especially a younger version yeah especially so if you have this this certain plot like this narrative plot element where you shove this high level of responsibility to a to someone who is of you know like let's say Rodimus is pretty young yeah yeah like it's a it's a contrast in in the kind of story and I understand the motivation of which when they when they try to insert new blood like maybe it was sort of like a Terra McGinnis situation where all, we've been following Optimus Prime since the eighties yeah that's now, true now Michael Bay you can take cues from this because they, <laughs> oh, he's God. still the main character. After True. five films, yeah, and we already we, we already love Optimus Prime, yeah, but a, a little new blood, a, a younger mm-hmm. and protagonist, not Bumblebee, mm-hmm. you know, could use some more screen time. Now, in that same vein, though, bef- before I continue about the animation style, is that's one of the things I'm mentioning this because I'm totally gonna forget about it later. Okay, on. what's one of the things that people ended up liking a lot about the Transformers Animated? Although it was we, a slow burn, yes, because it's it's a younger Optimus Prime. It's not the, the, the seasoned leader that we know. He's kind of making things up as he goes. Yeah, he's he still really, learning. Yeah, because, I, I mean, the uh, Bulkhead and Bumblebee were, were 
people who were just who fixed the the yeah. gates. What are they called? The uh, the gateways. The, Cybertronian. Uh, well, they were Cybertronian mechanics, so to speak, and they weren't really built for. I mean, they tried to join the elite guard, but uh-huh. that didn't work out, so they became mechanics and repairmen instead. Mm-hmm. So to have Optimus Prime time to lead this this weird kind of uh, mumbo jumbo of people, mm-hmm. it's and him not even being a seasoned leader yet. Yeah, it was nice to see that kind of evolution. That's of, true. So I he mean, kind of, in a way, became the Rodimus figure for for the series. Yeah. In a way, in a, he was still going up, learning the ropes of everything. Exactly. They kept Optimus Prime as the lead character. Or one, rather, one of. Because even if he was Optimus Prime, arguably some people would say it was Bumblebee in Transformers Animated. Because Bumblebee and uh, the little kid, Sari. He has the most yeah, character yeah, development. Yeah. But going quickly going back to the animation style, some people thought it was a step back. Because back in the 80s, we have the animation style of G1, yeah. which arguably, obviously, looked like there was a lot more work put into it than <laughs> Transformers Animated. But uh, when people started watching it, and really the, a lot of the themes that they showed there, like when, when lockdown happened, mm-hmm. and you find out that he takes parts from, from the robots. Autobots. He even has a, a different arm. Even Decepticons, right? He, he's not necessarily... Yeah, he's, he's a bounty hunter, so yeah. whatever works. So just those... Uh, there, were, there ended up becoming a lot more darker... A lot more darker. A lot more dark themes that, that came out, especially in season three of Transformers Animated. Yeah. So they turned, they turned Ratchet into this war veteran like yeah. character. And to see that, I guess a lot of people are just like, yo, I think I made a mistake prejudging this, this, this series because the just... Animation style, admittedly, for me, was like, what? Is this like... But it grew on you, right? Yeah, because I I figured I can't enjoy this because it feels like I'm watching a kid's show. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest. The thing, One of the things that really helped me to get along with that animation style were the figures. Yeah, definitely. Because, honestly, again, I assume that we're going to get crappy figures because we have this crappy animation style. Like, How can they possibly give you cool-looking figures... With this animation style. Yeah, and it's not like one of those old Transformers figures where like the entire car is at the back. <laughs> you can okay. But on the contrary. There, there was one figure though that did that in Transformers Animated. Who? It, it was Rekgar. Oh. He was a, a garbage shame. truck. Uh-huh. And the rest of the garbage <laughs> truck just folded up on his back. <laughs> like, so what happened if he had like some the, load on it? He was a shell. Like uh-huh. the garbage truck was a shell. And all his robot parts were folded into the garbage truck. Oh. Yeah. Come on! Yeah, it they was it was really disappointing. Better. I mean, what's that? What's that Decepticon with the with the toxic barrels? The motorcycle? Oil slick. Oil slick. Dude, I was just he playing with so that figure last night. <laughs> 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 I mean, he looked so good because it's a bike that folded out into a robot, not into a bike. Yes, y- you know what I mean. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it wasn't. Call me a dork because well, that means I am a dork. But uh-huh. for those people who don't know, I or if you've listened to our little teaser or maybe even our pilot episode, which you should have by now. Yeah, I used to review action figures on YouTube mm-hmm. under the name of well, the original. You know what? I won't tell you the original one. You're gonna have to find that out somehow, some way. But and if you find out, you can be a guest on our show. And you, you know what? Bash, you right? know what? For all those for for, for anybody who's listening. And you, you, you're not a friend of mine because a lot of my friends know what the name of the YouTube channel is. But if you find out the name of that and you can tweet it out to us, I will or, or DM us on Twitter or whatever. Maybe, maybe we can have you guess on the show. Maybe that's because like, mm-hmm. nobody's gonna find out what it is. It's such an obscure name. Hey, no, hey, we we tried doing like a deep dive search on it, and we saw that one random video where you were doing a magic trick. 
in a in a house party. <laughs> nothing, don't, nothing. Don't, don't help them out. It has to be a hey, challenge. Uh, you you need the term. You need that name to look the video up anyway. True. So fair. Fair. People wouldn't yeah. know what the word is. Yeah. So, anyways, I digress. Looking, um, it's I used to do action figure reviews, and last night when I was playing with the Transformers animated oil slick, yeah, I was doing a mock review because I. Honestly, I haven't done them in a long time because uh-huh. I've been doing a lot more. I mean, I do have a YouTube you channel. A video can I, can, Val? Can I cross promote myself on this? On this, yeah, I have a YouTube channel <laughs> just called Dre. <laughs> Looks to dad for yeah. approval. <laughs> it's just capital D R E I period, and I do well. I, I haven't posted in a while because I've been really busy with culinary school. But I do thrift hauls, and I'll be doing a lot more how to style videos, just general men's style, lifestyle, and high fashion stuff. But I, if you look back into my earlier videos, that used to be because I with with the 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 channel that we were talking about a while ago that was made in two thousand nine, uh-huh. and I tried to revive it, but I wanted to fresh. I wanted a fresh start, mm-hmm. so that Dre channel used to be called Nugget Zord. You just said it anyway. Dre. No, 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 no. The original one. Oh, the original. The two thousand nine. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So <laughs> I used to review action figures there. So I kind of honestly, I kind of miss it, and I, I might consider doing it again for fun who knows uh-huh. but hmm. i was mock reviewing and i was talk i was just basically talking to myself and seeing what i liked so much about this oil stick figure and i definitely do agree with that looking at it in in it in its motorcycle mode if you try to look for where the robot parts go like let's say you didn't know what the robot mode looked like uh-huh. and you didn't know how he transformed and all you know is this is a motorcycle that transformed into a robot mm-hmm. if you look at it you don't see any robot parts. Exactly. Everything is well hidden. It was so it was so, yeah. so well hidden. Like you might have an idea of what is what, but dude, just trying to find where the head would come from. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the part where the head comes from, where it folds out, is the, the body. The no, yeah, and the bottom of part of the head, mm-hmm. it's sculpted to look like a motorcycle grill part. Yeah. So when it folds down, it looks like it seamlessly just disappears. Mm-hmm. And once you start transforming him, everything starts to make sense and reveals itself. And I think, besides Rekgar, <laughs> all of these figures in animated did these so well. Yeah. So would you say that the animation style kind of helped the toy line to become a more realistic and practical approach I in really, terms of it transforming with regards to the to the car, to the series? I really think it it worked both ways. Yeah, like they hand had in hand. exactly because, like I said a while ago, the figures are what helped me end up liking the animation style. Yeah. But when I started watching the 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 series and really observing how they transformed, minus the times where they just you know when they do quick transformations yeah, where just yeah, it yeah, just yeah, blurs. Sure. Yeah. You know, but the, then they have certain frames where you can see it. Yeah. Sort if, of like the mid transformation. Yeah. That's exactly. Like what, two frames? The best thing about Transformers Animated, for the you may or may not know this, but all the figures, except for Redgar, <laughs> Transform exactly how they do on the show. <laughs> Granted, that's what made like more or less like ballpark. No, 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 no. no. Like exactly, exactly. exactly. Like yeah, like, do it frame by frame. Exactly. Yeah, because like the the artists when they were drawing out the concept art for these characters, they were also drawing the concept art basically for the. So figures. they're also toy designers on the side. Yeah. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, and when, well, okay, no, specifically we'll, Transformers. Yeah, and and we'll we'll have to definitely give a lot of credit to the engineers for Transformers yeah. Animated for finding a way to really get this design and transformation style mm-hmm. on arguably you know what they could have done what maybe the figures I, I will have to do some research on this maybe we'll talk about it again another day but maybe they made the figures first like they had the concept art for the 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 robot mode they had the concept art for the the, the alt mode mm-hmm. they made the figures figured out how to transform it and then they just 
put the transformation of the toys in the show. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah, though. I mean that would that's the the best logical way I can think about how they made them transform so accurately. Uh-huh. And on top of that, all of those figures almost. 100% look like what they do on <laughs> the, the show. Series, yeah. Yeah, like for for those who don't know, I'm going about to throw out a, a, a Transformers reviewer or, or action figure owner term. It's called robot kibble mm-hmm. or uh, a car kibble or truck kibble, which is just extra pieces from the other mode blatantly hanging off of the other mode. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll have the, the car mode and you look under it. There's a lot of robot kibble just everywhere. Yeah. Or, or like uh, the Transformers movie one, Starscream. Yeah, oh. yeah, the Dorito, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a jet with really fat legs stuck yeah, to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that would that. be an example of robot kibble. Mm-hmm. But these figures from animated just didn't have this. Yep, it was Although, literally a toy car. Because in the series, when they look, when they're in car mode, they kind of look like it's just one. It's a block. One, yeah, it yeah. kind of yeah. just looks like a block. Like everything yeah. falls flat when they transform. Yeah, but I mean, but it, it's it's an expression of the of the animation style. Yeah, and. Yeah. For me, even more so in robot mode, they didn't have a lot of like the, the, their alt modes hanging off of their sides or their backs. Granted, I'm thinking about Ratchet, and I can't remember if he might have a little bit of ambulance kibble on his back oh, he or, did. or his arms. He did. There was a little bit, but it wasn't enough to no, distract you his from... His arms were perfect. Oh, okay. The the forearms and whatnot, they, yeah. they were they look like actual just regular action figure yeah. forearms. But at the back, if you turn him around, so he does a, have... Ambulance stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, for those people who don't know why I don't know this, because I he's the one Autobot that I don't have from Transformers Animated. And I What do. is your favorite, though? <laughs> My favorite figure from Transformers yeah, Animated, from Animated that I own or that I don't just own? Just in general. Oh, that's a that's a really tough question. You know mine, right? I told you this. Like, no, no, blur. anyway, what's yours first? Blur. Yeah, it's Blur. Yeah, it's I blur. love Blur. No, Blur was a great figure. Yeah. And, uh, no, I love I love his, his retracting buzzsaw, which yeah. was the hood of the car. Yeah. Can, is it cheating to give three? But they technically work as a. I think you know who I'm going to talk about, the the, the Dinobots. Oh, the Dinobots. Mm. Yeah, because although. Oh yeah, Grimlock. Yeah, was amazing. Because flaming. Sword. I love Grimlock, and admittedly, I still don't have the other two, and I still am. No, what's making? What, uh, on again, a slight digress. The reason why I still don't have the other two is while I'm searching for them on a secondhand market, they're always being sold as a set of three. I'm I like, see. What the hell am I going to do with another Grimlock? Uh huh. And I'm like, can I just buy the other two? They're like, no, they get sold as a set, which I understand. Because in the mo- in, in the show, that's why I kind of, when you ask me who, what's my favorite figure, I kind of consider them as one because they were almost always together. Like they're, yeah. They're, yeah, and they were like this unit uh, of, of Dinobots in, in, the, in the show. And I, I loved Swoop's design. It was really Swoop, good and it was super yeah. cleanly done. Yeah. Me, Swoop. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite would have to be Shockwave and Longarm. Mm-hmm. You know a, what? Yeah. From an engineering perspective, mm-hmm. that was fantastic. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that it turned from a tank to a a crane. Well, okay, no, that from an engineering an perspective is just to a Decepticon. Hey, there's Cybertronians. <laughs> yeah. No, no, <laughs> Drake. I will say the tank to a crane is a total cop out. <laughs> Why? Because it's the tank. Okay, it's ima- it for, wasn't just a regular crane. It was, it was a, a Cybertronian if, if, crane. If you look at it from the top, it's a letter H. That's uh-huh. his body. Yeah. You have this cannon on top of him. Yeah. To turn him into a crane, that's a tank mode. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is turn the cannon around, uh-huh. lift up the cannon. Yep. Lift up the crane part. Yeah, lift mm-hmm. up the crane part, which is basically the cannon yeah, part. And then take out the hook. And then the H parts, yeah. just, <laughs> they fold down a little bit. Yep. So it, it basically looks like your tank just stood, is crawling now. <laughs> 
That's what it looks like with a crane top. I'm, I'm not bashing on the figure. I didn't shit on your favorite <laughs> no, figure. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not shitting on the figure per se. But uh, for, for me, what uh, what was more of an engineering marvel, not even really marvel, but what was what I haven't seen before in, in that kind of figure was having two figures in one and to have them still look like they would come from the same figure, but to still look distinctively different, different in terms of proportions. They will have a pangit yung mga dinobot. Pangit! Pangit! And it's funny, just, just talking about the, the Shockwave figure, Migs, when I was talking to Migs about it, he's all like, you know, it's just a shame that they didn't make a purple one. I was like, dude, there is a purple one. There's a purple one? Yeah, it, it came in a two-pack and yeah. I almost had it, but I was like, I don't need another one because I already bought the regular long arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So going back, you know, what? I just realized that this whole po- the whole point of the segment was to talk about why Transformers animated, or because it's such a long thing. Let's just t- let's just say TFA. Uh-huh. While TFA is is arguably what F? What? Huh? Transformers. That's one word. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Can you can you not? Trans- <laughs> Transformers from anime. <laughs> so why Transformers? TFA is <laughs> is is arguably one of the best, if not the best. Transformers animated show, but it ended up being us talking about how cool the toys were. No, but oh. that's why it's a great show because the toys are great too. Exactly, and but that's only one of the reasons. And I, I was to- telling Migs that one time we were at a urinal together. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Dre. Um, that that precisely is one of, if not one of the biggest reasons why it was so good. Because too often we get a show or a movie maybe where we have either uh, a non a non well thought out plot but great toys. Or shitty toys in a, in a pretty decent oh, so show. We haven't really had a series where the creative process of the characters were so intertwined with the toy making process. Well, Beast Wars was that. Beast Wars was great in and of itself. But no, but this is like a like a reimagining. Like the animation style is Yeah. The animation style is is misleadingly good. Like you think it's no, bad. No, it's misleadingly bad because Yeah, yes, that's yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Like it looks bad, but you watch it, you get the toys, and everything makes sense. <laughs> and arguably you also you know you know what? We should have an arguably counter because I've said it so many <laughs> times in the show. But that's uh, that's that's one of the reasons maybe why they were able to make the toys look so good and so accurate to the show. Because it was such a simple design yeah, they to weren't- copy. Actually, yeah. Right? It was it's such a simple uh, thing to translate into toy form. And Again, th- this is coming from me, a toy collector. That's probably why I'm saying this. But that is not to remove from the from the show in and of itself having a great plot. Sure, there were some draggy parts, but the just the character development, uh, Prowl's development throughout mm-hmm. the series, yeah. and of course what happens to him at the end of the series, seeing Optimus Prime grow, seeing a very very likable Bumblebee. That's actually uh, annoying. <laughs> yeah, because that was one of, if not the only Bumblebees yeah. we've ever gotten that was super hyper. Yeah. Has a high pitched voice, yeah, yeah. but you were actually rooting for him every time he comes out, right? Maybe. And he actually had the most. Like, he had one of the most uh, deep, no, like uh, arcs. Yeah, in terms of his character development, yeah. he's a very he had a, he, he was kind of like a problem child in the first season. Yeah, yeah. and they, they uh, both him and Bulkhead are like dropouts, not even dropouts of elite. elite I mean, guard. They're, they're they never made it. Maintenance crew lang naman sila You know what, Dre? You may have just changed my mind. I thought the Beast Wars was the best series, but like now thinking, like in retrospect, yeah, the animated series is pretty darn good. Yeah, and and on the, one of the uh, last things I want to talk about why it, it was so good mm-hmm. is that as we all know. In order for us humans to fully relate to these characters or these shows, Transformers always finds a way to incorporate human characters. Oh yeah. Be it in Transformers Prime, which maybe we'll talk about again because that's another great show on a, on a different episode. But 
it had human characters. Yeah. And of course, there was Sam Witwicky and there was uh, <laughs> Sparkplug and mm-hmm. what's the name of the kid from G1? Oh my God, I'm going to get so much the flack for this. The kid from G1. Anyways, we got these characters, but this was one of the only few times where you get human characters you actually care about mm-hmm. that were involved a lot, especially, spoiler alert, but not really because <laughs> TFA came out so long ago. Mm-hmm. Sari, the main the main the character that, that's, that's yeah. well, so so to speak, human, was a robot, which made her very proficient in joining the battles, and you got a lot of involvement. Yeah, but that was like her. later into the series. Yes, but also she she even kind of held her held her own. That's so true. Even when she thought she was still human, and you have all these other characters like in Transformers Prime that just they're just humans that happen to hang around the robots. Sometimes they're helpful, but mm-hmm. not to the Most level. Most of the time, they're- yeah, not to the level that humans kind of presented themselves in Transformers Animated where mm-hmm. you get the the detective doing his own thing mm-hmm. there too and the weird arc of the do you remember the human villains yeah yeah which um, some people didn't like but I thought it was an interesting way for them to give these humans a little bit more purpose in the show as opposed to just accessories on the side and having I thought, were you going to say something Vince? Like, I, you know, I was just going to say that that's something that the animated series was able to accomplish that the Michael Bay films did not mm, or yes. actually the Michael Bay films were able to do it in some way because it ties into it, what I was saying a while ago it depends on how you interpret your extraterrestrials in film the Autobots looked like humans but the Decepticons were these, these like distorted Doritos yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it, it makes them more human and that's something that the animated series was able to do on both parts of the Autobots and the Decepticons yeah so I mean be it from human interaction to design to incorporating the toys hand in hand with the show mm-hmm. and the plot yeah. and even just the story arcs and the character development I, that those are the things that I think and even you know what I'm going out uh, on a limb to say that even the animation in and of itself yeah. those all together for me and it being timely enough granted nabutan natin uh, I'm going to speak Filipino probably you know yeah. what? Yeah, natin or to those English speakers, we reached. reached, we, reached <laughs> we, we are we the reached reaching. Part. No, we we reached the time where when Beast Wars came out on TV. Yeah. But like in the nineties, right? yeah. But we were we were a little too young Early to 2000s. really to really fully grasp it, mm-hmm. and we weren't financially uh, <laughs> firmly grasped. Like no, I mean <laughs> it, it wasn't as easy for us to purchase toys because we were a, kids. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't really know what we wanted, what we didn't like. Mm-hmm. But having Transformers animated, same reason why. Wild Force, Power Rangers Wild Force is one of the, the favorite seasons by people our age. It's because that, that was the time where we can actually firmly grasp <laughs> mm-hmm. what we liked, what we didn't like about shows, and what toys we wanted, what toys we didn't want. So that coupled with everything we just mentioned about the elements of the show, I think is what makes Transformers Animated or TFA the best animated Transformers show. Fight me. Amen. That's right. <laughs> I mean, is are we all in agreement here? Well, I really like this series. We are now. Do you have a a different favorite one, though, Ian? What? Do you have a different favorite one? Or do you think, or rather, do you you think there's one that's better? Not considering Transformers Prime, because, well, no, you you know what? It can, if if you've seen it. War for Cybertron. I don't know. (laughs) I I think the G2 just has a special place in my heart, because I I started off with that as a kid. Mm -hmm. So I would... I wouldn't argue because mm. uh, it actually hasn't aged well. Yeah, I do have the VCD. Nostalgia aside, like if we're just talking about the show, it's a good. No, it's such yeah. a, it's such a wonderful ride to go on if you yeah. get into the series. That is, yeah. that I can assure you. So yeah. for you, G two beats animated. 
Yes. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I the, the animated thing, the animated series was during a time where I could fully understand and comprehend mm, okay, the, the, okay. You know, the facets of humanity that you know people experience their emotions, etc. So yeah. I, I guess it had the full experience for me. So I guess I would say that it it was more fulfilling to to be invested into that yeah, series to experience and, it. Yeah. Al- alongside, because again, we were there alongside the, when the seasons each season came out. Yeah, exactly. And even. When and we had money to actually buy the yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately got canceled. Yeah, but you know what? If if you guys have any reason to disagree with us, we're more than welcome to receive some tweets. We're more than welcome to fight. Back. Back. <laughs> yeah. you know what? I, I can imagine us getting like, this coming out, and then a year after, still getting tweets on why animated <laughs> is not the best one. But that's you know, right. whatever. Fight me. Yeah. That's 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 Transformers animated for you. How about we go we go from Cybertron to a galaxy far far away? <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. So to to write on the running theme of our aliens. Okay, uh, we talked about we, we talked about uh, yeah. different aliens in cinema, we talked about Transformers, but now I wanna actually you should intro it again, Mig. So I have the I have Mibuelo, come on. Okay. Open it up. How about we go from ah, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can curse on this podcast, that's fine. Yeah. How about we go from how about we go from Cybertron into a galaxy far, far away? Okay, so as per a few days ago, the final trigger of the Mandalorian Did just trigger. Trailer. I, I heard trigger. Yeah, <laughs> the final trigger. <triggler. laughs> can we play that back? I just have this running thing where I pronounce things wrong. Anyway, so the final trailer for the Mandalorian just released, mm-hmm. and with that, there are certain details that have been changed in that final trailer compared to the trailer that came before it, Ooh. which was also the same kind of length. And I really want to get into it because I love. Actually, I'm going to title the segment "The Lore of Mandalore." Ooh. Oh yeah, wow. Okay, so we're gonna you get into it. It's called Mandalore. Mandalore. Ooh. Okay, so we're gonna get into the Mandalore of things. Okay. <laughs> so good. So the we're gonna break down this trailer one by one. This is actually taken heavily a lot from New Rockstars's New Rockstars apostrophe S. YouTube yeah. channel, uh-huh. and I feel like they are the channel that dwells or delves into these details so much mm. more than other people. I am actually amazed as to how meticulous they can they can narrow these things down. And I'm going to be talking about it because I think you guys are going to get into this. Uh, it's an eight-episode series. I'm actually... Ma- the Mandalorian, isn't it? Yeah, it's an yeah. eight-episode series. It's starting in November 12th. So by this time, if you listen to it, it might actually... This, this entire segment may, may be a little outdated, but don't worry. The details we'll be talking about are... Are, like, will always be relevant. Oh, yes, will always be relevant. So In it's written hearts. by John Favreau, my favorite chef slash ex- executive producer slash director. He's I, he he's yeah, written yeah. all of the episodes for the series. Yeah. Yeah. And so did the Lion King. Yeah, and actually, yeah. honestly, <laughs> his movie Chef was great. I really I thought. And the series. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it has yeah. a season two already. Yeah, so he wrote the entire series. Although the directors changed per per episode, there's but, actually one episode I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. The fourth one is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Whoa. Right? Yeah, what? no. Yeah, but the, okay. Get this. Imagine how badass the last episode will be because it's directed by Taika Waititi. Oh, who will be playing oh. IG Eleven? Is that his name? No. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's the, playing him. He's the he's the he's that battle droid in. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So we're gonna. <laughs> he talks. Um, hey guys. Hey guys. IG Eleven. IG Eleven. Does he actually? He speaks in 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 droid, right? Yeah. Meet more. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Starting off with a breakdown. The first two shots of the trailer actually go the same exact way as the one previous to it. Yes. Starting off with some dialogue opened, which is by a character who, who is revealed to be named as the client. He's this imperialist mm-hmm. officer who talks to the Mandalorian, opening up with a dialogue that 
verbatim, I quote, it's a world more peaceful. It is a shame that your people suffered, which I think is an allusion to the, the Mandaluyongs. To the Ma- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, hindi sorry. Ba? Sorry, we're going to be prepared. I'm not 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 prepared. Mandalu. <laughs> Hindi ba Mandaleño? Hindi, Mandalu. Kasi Mandalu. Okay. Anyway. Never mind. <laughs> okay, so he's played by Werner Herzog. I don't know if you know him. He's like the... He's like a, he plays very stereotypical Russian yes, role yes, yeah, right, yeah, in, yeah, in film. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next scene is a fight scene where you actually have Pedro Pascal, who is the man yeah. who plays the Mandalorian, and he's assassin. Well, not assass- sorry, assassinated. To like the he's himself. ambushed by a group of Clatonians. Yeah. The, so, but the, no, the but you don't. But you don't see him as remove his helmet yet. Right? No, no. I'll get to yeah, that later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's ambushed by a group of Clatonians, and what's important? Wait, about what are they called? They're Clatonians. <laughs> they're called Clatonians. Okay, Clat. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna move on. Dre, Dre, you don't know about the Clitorians. <laughs> Clitorians. Clitonians. 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 Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so they're actually a, a race frequently employed by the Huts. And as I go uh, into the details further, you're going to notice that there are a lot of elements that actually tie in the Huts with the series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay, so a next shot is during this fight scene, there's certain points that stress to the importance of the Mandalorian armor. So there's a shot where yeah, this one yeah. Clatonian yes. smashes their axe at uh, at the Mandalorian's. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> there's this one Clatonian. This is one Clatonian who smashes their axe, uh-huh. and okay. one of the in this one shoulder plate of the Mandalorian, and you see it just seamlessly bounce off. Like, it'll spark yeah, and it'll just yeah. bounce off. Vibranium. Yeah, because yeah. if you didn't know, Mandalore, or the people of Mandalore, they're actually made up, Power made up of clans. Yeah, they're kind I, of like a, a warrior kind of race. Like the Yautja. Yeah, and their armor is known to be a very... Uh, actually, what's their armor made of? I'm not sure, but, I know, that it's, uh, but I know that it's strong enough to the point that Boba Fett was able to survive in the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, so other than having a battle axe smushed into the plate and it just being you know deflected yeah. there's actually a shot later which I'll get into which mm-hmm. is a bar scene have you seen it yeah. like yes. the bar fight yeah okay there's so much things that have been changed in that shot bro I'm burping because I'm getting too excited don't worry, <laughs> don't worry Ian I'll distract okay. them Ian okay. burps when he's excited <laughs> okay so the next scene is you see these certain clips of bounties being frozen in carbonite I don't know yes. if you see it. it's a slow dolly yeah. out yeah. and if you didn't know it's a slow dolly it's out. a slow dolly out in that <laughs> shot so you're going to realize oh it's actually a, how do you a, a callback to Han Empire, Han. yeah, to uh, call back Han. to Empire because the the method of freezing people in carbonite was only popularized after Darth mm. Vader and Boba Fett was able yeah. to do it successfully yeah. with Han Solo. In yeah. the best Star Wars movie that exists. Empire well, I mean, in 2019. Fight me. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, so you mix. <laughs> the Last Jedi. The hey, Last Jedi is I like. Anyway, okay, so the next scene uh, shows this shipyard town. It's actually given a lot more context because in the new trailer, it's kind of implied that it's the place where all of the goods need to be delivered. It's kind of like a hotbed of bounty hunting activity. And during this scene, you actually see a POV shot of the Mandalorian walking inside this Mos Eisley-like cantina. No music, though. Yeah, being surrounded by a lot of other bounty hunters 
with them looking at him in contempt. So I think one of the running themes is the Mandalorian having to deal with the anger and envy or like jealousy of other bounty hunters because in, he's that because he's a Mandalorian. He's because he's the Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that the client says is that they said you were coming. They said you were the best in the parsec. Would you agree? You're right. the you're you're the best in twelve parsecs. Less than twelve yes, parsecs. Exactly. Yes, indeed, indeed. Wait, wait. I lost. I lost my my. Okay, so in one of the in one of the shots in the cantina, there is actually another bounty hunter race shown in the background. It's just blurred. Okay. Yeah, it's an it's a Rodian, which is the race that Greedo, the bounty yes. hunter, is. Yeah, and it can be seen. Quick, in the b- who shot first? Like as of as of this year, Wow! Who do you believe shot first? No, it, it's not. Who do I believe? No, Han. Like no, no, no. But given that it's been remastered and re-edited, which do you think is the true? Well, the original version it was Han. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah. I'm actually going to get into that as. Uh, <laughs> I just have to pause because there's just so much to talk about. Anyway, okay, so if you didn't know that the Rodian race of bounty hunters was actually the very first kind of bounty hunter that was introduced in Star Wars. Yes. Like in the New Hope, the very first bounty hunter. Other, If you don't count Han, technically he isn't. He's just a smuggler, right? Smuggler. He's a yeah, smuggler, yeah, yeah, not a bounty hunter. Greedo was the very first bounty hunter to be shown in the entire Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. So next scene, you see a a cargo scene, like a cargo holding bay-like yes. scene, which... Mm-hmm. It's a door that slides open and it reveals a bunch of stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's either one, the stormtroopers are going through the cargo in search of contraband, or two, it could be just an ambush for the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, there's a shot moving on. There's an uh, there's a what I think is a flashback scene mm-hmm. consisting of a family in red clothing being okay. chased. It, actually, it looks a, it looks like a besiege. It looks like an invasion. But if you look more closely in the background, those that family is actually being chased off by a platoon of B2 super battle droids from the Trade Federation era. Oh. So what could possibly what that could possibly mean is that it could be a flashback. A flashback. A flashback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, which, it has to which be. calls back to the one of the one of the quotes that the client says in the beginning of the trailer yeah. as to how how the the, the the planet of planet of Mandalore was invaded. Because Wait, it's where, f- where where does this happen canonically? What what time what Point oh, in time. oh! During the prequels, because in canon now, the siege of Mandalore was led by Darth Maul. So, no. oh, okay. So it happened before one. Uh, no, just during the era where the Trade Federation was like a very big superpower with all of their battle droids so, and stuff. That's a fucking. Dope. So, so somewhere in between what? Uh, Somewhere, no, no, revenge. there were no super battle droids. It was only introduced in the Battle of Geonosis, oh, right? That's right. So roughly yeah, around yeah. the second and the third one. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it could possibly be a flashback because in the IMDb page of the Mandalorian, those parents, or sorry, those two people, are credited as the mother and the father, which could imply that that kid in that sequence could be a young Pedro Pascal. Like yes. a young Mandalorian, because don't they age slower than most races? I'm not sure about yes. that. Yes. So, okay, I mean, just correct it, me if I'm wrong. I have this, uh, call it trust issues or whatever, but a little part of me wants to think that with the, there's a big reveal that he's not actually a Mandalorian. He just has Mandalorian armor. I don't know. I thought the big reveal was going to be that he was a woman. No. They, no, it's, it's well, Pedro Pascal. It's Pedro Pascal. I know, I know, but you'll never know. Actually. Pedro Pascal as a woman. No, but I, some people think that that flashback scene could reveal a possible spoiler for episode nine, given that the running time 
of this entire series kind of coincides with the release date. Like by by episode six, which is a it has a release date of December thirteen. Mm-hmm. Won't episode nine be released some so usually, time? Usually at around well that for time. us because we have Manila Film Fe- Metro Manila Film Festival. Yes. So Star Wars always releases earlier in the Philippines, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it might contain a spoiler that ties in to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, well, we don't know. So, yeah. We don't know. So moving on, the next shot is this bar fight you see in the last trailer. Mm-hmm. You see a you see the Mandalorian. Should I just call him the Manda or the the the, the man? Si Pedro. So Pedro. Si Pedro. He lassos a corn, a quarren rather. This mm-hmm. alien species. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly as the last trailer. But if you notice it, if you compare both trailers together, you're going to see that shot where he lassos the quarren is flipped. It's, it's from him. Oh. Yeah, from him lassoing the quarren from right to left. He is now lassoing him from left to right, if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken. He's now lassoing himself. No, but it actually. <laughs> it, <laughs> like it just cuts to him. Was that Lion and Kingsman again? Uh, uh, hold on, ho- boy. Hold on, boy. Or I turn uh, no, this one last more show. Electric. 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 Yeah, okay, so the reason why they did that is because they're trying to take influence from old Western films. Because it's a loose tradition in Western films where, if you don't notice, the, this series takes heavily, like, heavily from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The good guys usually in Western films walk from the left of the screen yes, to the right, to and the, right. the bad guys walk from right to, to left. Right. So I feel like in the second to the last trailer where it, uh, the Mandalorian was lassoing the Quarren from right to left, it was to reveal or it was to trick the audience as yes, a form of misdirection yeah. like they were trying to reveal the ambiguity of of the Mandalorian's morality it's his alignment uh-huh. yeah his D&D alignment fans. but now that it's a final trailer they reveal that it's left to right mm-hmm. there's another thing mm-hmm. too there's another big detail here and it's how the, big how big Ian Super big. It's as big as the who shot first. Oh my god, it's so Ooh. big. Is that the moon? That's no moon. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my god. That's no okay, moon. so there's this shot of the Quarren shooting his blaster at the Mandalorian. But in the first trailer, or the previous trailer, you actually see the Mandalorian shoot first before the Quarren. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> he is getting so I'm excited. Gonna, I'm going to do that again. He's so, smacking the uh, <laughs> There's a shot where... After he lassoes the quarren, he actually shoots the quarren. Compared yeah. to this new trailer now, where you see the quarren shoot first, and you see the blaster deflect off the armor, yeah, which is yeah, so cool. That. And oh. then the Mandalorian shoots next. So uh-huh. it's just a homage. It's just an homage to to how George Greedos. Lucas edited yeah. the yeah. the actual Greedos you know the episode four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just. <sighs> <laughs> that was take just a breath, like, Ian. Take a breath. <laughs> super quick Star Wars. <laughs> Trailer analysis with Ian. <laughs> okay, I have a few more scenes. There's another scene of this woman removing the Mandalorian's helmet, but mm-hmm. it's not. You know, they don't finish the scene. Yeah, so, they don't. Yeah, course. over the voiceover where the client refers to him as the Mandalorian. So mm-hmm. obviously, it's the self-titular series. We never see his face, so we can only assume that his identity, his identity, is important. <laughs> identity is important to the plot, which mm-hmm. is another throwback, or I'd like to think another another kind of influence yeah. from another Western series, The Lone Ranger. Because, mm. you know, it's yes. his, his secret identity is all, yeah. always important. And he actually, if you think about it, he has his Tonto. He has his own Tonto. See, IG-11. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Played by Taika Waititi. So yeah, if you think yeah. about it, they can, they also, they're also kind of like a duo. Yeah, well, so my, like my question is, if, uh, if they are 
concealing his identity. I don't see... For me, the weirdest part about these trailers is how secretive they are about his helmet reveal. But we all know it's Pedro Pascal. Unless it's not. Unless, no, I mean, like, unless that's the twist. It's not him under that helmet. I'm, I'm telling From y'all. a PR standpoint, I don't mind revealing the actor that plays the character because it's not as connected with the narrative. I mean, yeah. if... if if secret naman yung identity niya, I don't like. It doesn't matter whether or not na reveal na who's playing him. Yeah, no, but for me, you say like I'm an idea. They're, 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 he has never played any other Star Wars character, so there's no reason for them to hide anything because no, there's there's nothing they can reveal for like oh my god he's Darth Vader pala I Darth uh, Maul pala like there's it's sorry yeah no I mean I don't know it's just my. I just find it odd. I'm not against it per se. I'm just perplexed to see why they're so adamant about this whole mystery, even if everybody knows he's Pedro Pascal. And to my knowledge right now, there is no big reveal they can do like that, that kind of makes sense for us to be like, oh, that unless, was him. Unless it's a woman. Well, we don't know that. True. I'm telling you. Yeah. True. I'm just telling. Okay. But <laughs> I do want to get into the possible overarching narrative for maybe a good part of the series. Okay. And it, I think it's the relation of the Mandalorian with the huts, or rather the entire bounty hunting industry with the huts. Because okay. with that bar scene where the Mandalorian fights Quarren, there's actually another important character who is also a Quarren that is related, sorry, or affiliated with the huts, and his name is Tessic. Mm-hmm. He's actually okay. a, a, he's an accountant for the huts. He's a Quarren, and it could he could possibly be that Quarren in that bar fight. Yeah, which means oh. yeah, yeah. So I feel, and I I really like this theory, is that a big part of the series is about bounty hunters turning on the crime empire of the huts because they bankrolled them. Oh, wait, 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 hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, go, go back, go back. You lost me. <laughs> okay, okay. So I feel like the overarching narrative of a big part of that series. No, no, of the, the, of the bankrolling part. Who's bankrolling who? The Huts. The Huts are bankrolling the, the, bounty the bounty hunters. So why would they turn? Because they the bankrolled them. Yeah. They cut them off their money. Like Because ah, it's the Huts that are employing. Because the, the Huts, huts employ a, lot of, a yeah. lot of bounty hunters. But why would the Huts cut them off? Because they're, con- I don't know. I mean, oh, like, that's, they are that's, a crime that's, empire. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, like, would you would it be difficult to think that they would do that to bounty hunters? They are not the at huts. all. I mean, you know, the the worst. You know, everybody knows the worst hut of them all. Pizza the hut. Uh. <laughs> hey. Okay. How could you? Now you're picking a fight with Pizza the Hut. <laughs> no, actually, I love Pizza Hut stuff, crust stuff. You know, I'm not sponsored, but Pizza Hut. <laughs> Hit me up, real okay, quick. Okay, so Gosh. that that right that wraps up my lore of Mandalore it's actually we'll be getting into it a lot more once the series actually kicks off yeah Yeah. and And I guess and I guess with that make sure to share your thoughts with us of the Mandaluyong yes (laughs) okay so anyway I think it's time to get back to to our case case file alrighty then well how exactly are mutants going to be inserted into the Marvel Cinematic Universe let's go let's go with Dre first because I know Ian has a a relatively more in-depth one maybe but Quickly, just for me, from what I've seen and heard and read, it's it's. I've told this to to either to both of you. Uh, the the concept of you know how the snap from the Infinity mm-hmm. Gauntlet produced gamma radiation. Yes. People are speculating that when the snap happened, the mm-hmm. snapping, so to speak, all the people that were not snapped away mm-hmm. experienced the gamma radiation more than once. How, there were two snaps on Earth, correct? 
Were there two? Yeah. yeah. There were, yes. Well, there were three if you count Iron Man's. There we go. Uh, so so, yeah. so three. Three snaps on Earth, but all three producing gamma major radiation. amounts of ga- gamma radiation. And one part of the speculation is that it's it's that's what creates mutants. So they weren't born mutants, mm-hmm. or at least those original set of mutants. They were they became mutants because of the snap or the snapping. Mm-hmm. And all the other future mutants are then born mutants based off of those original snapping mutants. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, how many times did I hear the word snap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically that, that's no, but, Okay, that's pretty the idea. much it's because of the snap of the gauntlet yeah. that you know leads the yes. mutants into so the MCU. basically, snap produces gamma radiation. People who weren't snapped away experienced that gamma radiation and that mutated them into becoming mutants. And that's where you get the X-Men. And I don't know how I feel about that because for a lot of X-Men fans, they prefer, they always love the idea. And that's the whole point about Mutants yeah. that they were born mutants. No, okay, I'm going to get into that, but I'm going to support your 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 overarching premise mm-hmm. where the snap is a catalyst yes. to bring in the mutants, uh-huh. and I'm going to tie that in with the upcoming uh, Eternals. Show? Yeah, oh, Eternals. Yeah. Oh, that's Angelina like, Jolie. Yeah, that's yeah. The one with the, okay. Yeah. Okay. So she there are actually leaked photos of the sets of the film that have been leaked online. And they're actually they're archaeological sets with a lot of Babylonian, Doom Mayan, Rinder. and Egyptian architectures, <laughs> drawing Doom a lot Rinder. of influence from them. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Babylonian, Mayan, Egyptian. There are a lot of sets where that depict those kinds of architecture. Uh-huh. In yeah. Okay. So it reinforces the premise about the plot that it spans thousands of years because these people are immortal, right? And yes. their stories encompass. They're not immortal, the, Ian. They're eternal. They're eternal. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, they, their stories encompass a good span of human civilization. Uh-huh. So, yes. if you don't know a little background into the Eternals, they're actually immortal beings created by celestials. And I'm not going to get into it too much with regards to the comics, but for the context of the MCU, there have only been two appearances by celestials. I'd like to believe one is. Isan, uh, Isan, Isan, the Isan, yeah. the searcher who once wielded the power stone. Yeah, from you see him in Guards of the Galaxy, he's the, the guy he's that part everybody of the thought was Galactus. Galactus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or that thing from the first Thor. Yeah. What is the thing from the first Thor? That destroyer Which, thing. The destroyer. Armor. Oh, the destroy. Wait, the destroyer armor is a celestial. What? No, no, they kind of they kind of just look similar. People thought it was ah, that thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was Isan and there was Dalawan. And, the, <laughs> and there was Dalawan. No, no. In the foot. Te- <laughs> technically, Ego is a celestial. Yes. With respect to the, <laughs> I mean, to the MCU. I'm so... I'm a klutz. I'm dropping my copy. Let's not, forget the, let's not forget the head of the celestial nowhere. Nowhere. Oh, okay, that's but true. But technically, he's dead. Yeah, technically. So Yeah. Okay. So okay. So... With the context that these Eternals ha- were created by the Celestials, mm-hmm. the Celestials themselves actually came into Earth in ancient times and kind of did what the aliens in A Space Odyssey did. Mm-hmm. They conducted genetic experiments on the DNA of our unevolved predecessors, mm-hmm. which I think at the time were like, what, Homo erectus man or something? Homo erectus, yeah, yeah that's and right. It, and because yeah. of that experimentation, it resulted into two genetic offshoots, which was one, the Eternals, and to the evil deviants, which... What is that? The evil deviants is a kind of gene passed on to a different... It's, it's when, they, when they were conducting genetic experiments, one of the races that ended up becoming one of them. So were, they're like the demigods to the eternal. Yeah, no, and one of the evil deviants is Thanos. Ho- he has on. that gene. He has ah, the deviant yeah, gene. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
So you're telling me they named one Eternals. Dude, this is like anybody got ideas for the other one? Evil, Evil Deviant. No, well, it's called the <laughs> it's called the Deviant Gene. Okay, that yeah, that I'll yeah. take. That's better than Evil Deviant. And it could possibly set up the mutant storyline because during, okay, I'm, I'll get to that later. I mean, let me just get into the cast first so that I can plug in the timeline. Okay. okay. So it's a lot, and mm-hmm. all of the Eternals are are composed of a lot of figures from different kinds of mythologies, like okay. Gilgamesh and the yes, but. Yes. Some of the people in the cast, such as Richard Madden, who plays Icarus, he played Rob Stark in yes. Game of yes. Thrones. Yeah. yeah, you have Gemma Chan, who played Minerva in Captain Marvel, but yep. also plays an Eternal now by the name of Cersei. Mm-hmm. Which in the comics, actually, she actually has a romantic relationship with Icarus, so we don't know if they're going yeah. to do that in the film. You have Salma Hayek, who is the leader of is it Hayek or Hayek. Salma Hayek. Hayek. Salma Hayek. Hayek. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's she's playing Ajax, who is the leader of the Eternals. Yes. And Angelina Jolie. What's your name? Uh, Ath- Athena. Uh, Athena. Ath- oh, Ath- no, Athena. No. I'm not sure. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. But what another an important character who may seem unimportant is Kit Harrington because he did not make an appearance in D23, which is like Disney's official annual yes. expo. Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic Con thing. I guess you can say we know nothing about him. That's J- true, cause John Snoke. John Snoke. Sorry, we're not even oh talking about Star Wars anymore. <laughs> okay, so uh, he's playing Dane Whitman, who in the comic books actually takes on the Black Knight mantle. Yes. Oh. No. Yeah. 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 So Which, if you didn't know, yeah, the Black Knight is ex- is essentially a hero title passed down through the ages because yeah. it has Arthurian. Uh, inspiration. Yeah, yeah. It's Athena. She plays it. Athena. Athena there we go. Yeah, basically, right. Athena without the A. Okay. Yeah. So he plays Black Knight. He wields this ebony blade that kind of yep. protects him from harm. It's a. Imagine Sokka's meteor sword from the Last Airbender, yeah. and it's bl- but that except it's blessed by Merlin. Yeah. Oh, so it dope. protects the user from harm. That's dope. And but if you think if you're thinking you know why would Kevin Feige even include this kind of arc? Yeah. Well, verbatim, he quoted this in an interview. There's this notion of all of these myths and legends that we know from ancient times. Could they have been inspired by the Eternals? Mm-hmm. So these things like Norse mythology that they like Norse mythology and let's say the elementals that yeah. Quentin Beck lied about in Far From Home. Yeah. Existed. Th- that conversation still has bearing because when Peter talked about how they used to study you know, they, they they didn't realize Thor actually was a thing, and now yeah. he he studies them in their physics class. Yeah. yeah, you could have these actual inspirations from, let's say, Arthurian legend or mm-hmm. or uh, Gilgamesh is what? Um, He's not sure. Uh, is, is it like Mesopotamian? Yeah. I, I you know yeah, what? Something <laughs> like that. Like you have these certain different mythologies, and they could possibly just root themselves from the Eternals. Them, I said yeah. them. Sorry, it's Sumerian. 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 There, there we go. Yes. I'm so. Yeah. I'm so. Uh. I just consulted our uh, tech team, which is my cell phone. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> yeah. thank you, thank you, bud. So here we go. Let's fit in the timeline theories, or let's let's yes. try to fit in the timeline based on what info we have. Okay. So we, I think, I, I really support this theory. It's where Dane Whitman or Kit Harrington finds the sword, travels back in time to Cersei and Icarus, all the while having this ancient war between the Eternals and the Deviants, the Deviants. which mm-hmm. could set up the future for Thanos and his pursuit of the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. which could set up the mutants. I'm going to get to that. Okay. Okay, so let's say, for example, even Wait, though... H- how would how would the war set up Thanos? Oh, no, I mean, the just Infinity? the existence, just, oh, the, oh, okay, just okay. the setup of the Deviants, because... Throughout the experimentations of the Celestials, there's actually a breakdown of the different kinds of 
of life they've created, and okay, one of them you. is the one of them is the Eternals and the Deviants. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, how this ties in for the mutants. Mm-hmm. I did you guys like X Men Apocalypse? No, nope. I d- barely remember much of it. Okay, no, but you gotta admit they established that. He was one of the, Adam if not Sor. the yes. oldest mutant in human civilization. Yes, yes. And a lot of people actually be, actually believe that a lot of biblical texts were based off of, off apocalypse. of, off apocalypse. of apocalypse. yeah. But it could be also that the infinity stones could have been used in the process of creation by the celestials as well. Ah. So like you saw when he had the power stone, yeah. like during this time when celestials could have possibly acquired these... Inf- I'm sorry, did I say Abin Sur? You did say Abin Sur. Abin Sur I was confused when, yeah, when you said it, I was like, what? I'm sorry, what's Apocalypse's real name? Abin Sur. <laughs> no, it's not Abin Sur. apply in story. Abin Sur is the Green Abin Lantern. Sur. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's Abin Sur. It's Aratong Kaheton. No, it's, it's something. Apocalypse uh, is like... Okay, Ian, searching it up. Nah, uh, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so embarrassed. En Sabanur. En Sabanur. Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay, so sorry. If, if we set up the... If we establish that these certain mutants could have actually been based off a lot of mythology as well uh-huh. there's this other theory that the infinity infinity stones could have been used in you know coexist coexistence with the celestials in order to create these new life forms mm. okay so recent you that, that that being yeah this mutants. is where this is where it ties in because when the celestials were creating the the eternals and the deviants they also created another kind of human life form well not created but they embedded this kind of yeah. gene which was also revealed to be the mutant gene. Into who? Hmm? Into both? No, no. When they were creating, so all the while while they were experimenting like genetically yeah. with our race, one of the things they left was they also embedded what was ah. now revealed to be the mutant gene alongside you know, the Celestials, the Eternals, yeah. other things they've made. The mutant gene actually came from the Celestials when they were experimenting on our race. But okay. the thing is, like the reason why these <laughs> you smacking sorry, your mic everywhere. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The reason why you it could po- the reason sorry. I'm trying to organize my thoughts. Mm-hmm. The reason why it could have possibly not shown up in the MCU right now mm-hmm. is because I was going to ask this, that yeah, exact thing. It's because of one thing you could you know the criteria for being a mutant, right? Like it's already dormant in you. But yeah. there are certain environmental oh. factors and things <laughs> That lead to your evolution for your powers to actually awaken. Yes. So, so you're saying the snapping triggered. Yeah, it didn't just. It, it wasn't the gamma radiation per se that gave the mutant powers. The it gamma radiation activated. could have been the catalyst to activate the mutant gene in a lot of people. And, and that, I think, would make a lot of mutant fans much, much happier yeah. than just the whole. The yeah. gamma the radiation turned into so the cause. Imagine blipping yeah. back. And then realizing you have like you can talk to squirrels. That's cool. (laughs) Okay. So that is one theory I really really like. And I think you know what I'm I'm I I would take that because there's no way for them to just say hey mutants always existed because then people would question it. It's such an in depth like creative way of of putting the mutants in the series because we know that the the Eternals they don't know that they're Eternals yet. Yeah. Yeah, we know that. They're, they they have this sort of amnesia thing going on. Yeah, like, uh, like in Hancock. Yeah, yeah. they're basically... Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about a Fallout 4. And, uh, <laughs> they're basically sleeper agents. Yes. But mm. like, when you consider that the mutants might already be existing, and it is a common trope in, in the X-Men comics that they don't know they're mutants yet until some life-threatening situation yes. happens. Activates, I that, yeah. I think that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. 
And I guess, okay, to, to, to conclude the case file, obviously, we're going to have to leave it as an open case. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I like this theory. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. It's not really, my theory, but I really like dude, it. I yeah, really and hope this one sticks. I love that, that your theory added up on my theory. That it was like, a snap? It, it made my theory make more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I'm, just, I'm not saying it's my theory. <laughs> it's just a theory I, I presented because this theory I, I picked up from a lot of research I've done. And hearing this definitely makes me happier about the snapping being or playing a role into introducing the mutants. And I'm, and I'm, I'm I wouldn't be mad at all if that was how they. Did. I, I don't know if the, if bigger mutant fans would still be mad at this, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take away from them being born mutants. Not as, at all. Yeah, yeah, because they still are. Yeah. They just are dormant. But exactly what what might be different now is. Before the mutants was, you know, they were an allegory to pertain to racial discrimination. Yes. Yes. But now that it's 2019, what does it allude to now? Because like the 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 connotation of the existence of mutants was different before. How is it now yeah, with exactly. with our societal issues, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it could still be, but I, I don't want to talk. I mean, about like it, it could just be any other kind of fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You don't want to tread in those waters. Yeah, okay, uh-uh, okay. Uh-uh. Let's, right, well, let's guess, just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, let's just leave it at that and call this an open case. It's an open case, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll come back to it once yeah. we re- figure out how it actually happened. And if, if it, it is how we did it or how we said it was, then I guess you heard it here, I don't know, fifth, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> sixth. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. Hey, Dre, your shoes untied. What? Oh, 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 my God, dude. That that could have been terrible. Thank yeah, you. I know. Mix, thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you for telling me that. Mm-hmm. Or should I say... Thank you to Podcast Network Asia for providing us this amazing place to record. The Geek PD wouldn't be here without you. They are located at We Remote Co-working Space Philippines. <laughs> like pausing everywhere. Yeah. No, yeah. We're just trying to make sure. You know? Yes, yes, yes. So again, thank you to Podcast Network Asia who's located at We Remote Co-working Philippines. Yeah, thank you for giving us the opportunity to record our show. Yes, Without you, it wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. The opportunity, the place, and just the, the platform. And of course, thank you to the ever-fantastic Val, who's yes. here with us. And, with us right yeah. and maybe he'll guest on our show one day and you can hear his fantastic voice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes. if you guys like our show, there are a bunch of other shows under the network. There is Kadazers, which is an uncensored and in-depth look in- dedicated to Gen Z and Gen Y issues and topics relating to the Philippine ex-youth experience. There's also another podcast called The Eavesdrop, which is all about inspirational and woman empowerment. And of course, there is the Halo Halo Show. Watch this, or rather listen to this. It's a podcast. You can't really watch it. If you want to hear about anything under the sun, really anything at all. There's also Hustle Share, hosted by the one and only Ron Stern who talks about startups and businesses and also the wrestling wrestling podcast <laughs> which you know if you didn't know it concerns everything about philippine pro wrestling no way yahweh <laughs> you know what else is pretty amazing what? everything in between and there is a show for that which is, <laughs> yeah, okay which is everything in between with joe it talks about relationships art entertainment and really anything in between that's with so, joe that's, with joe <laughs> dude that's so cool and funny just like the cool pals <laughs> oh my God. yes just like the cool pals which is a comedy podcast <laughs> wow comedy yeah. so again if you want to listen to any of these podcasts or even mm-hmm. our podcast as well you can catch all of them all the information about us and them on www.podcastnetwork.asia mm-hmm. so that concludes our show and our episode for this week tune in next time because we're going to talk about insert topic here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess i hope you guys enjoyed thank you guys so much for stopping by the precinct my name is Meg. my name is ian and my name is dre and this has been geek pd 
Oh, my God.